0: <laughs> uh,
1: and then and then the man farted rather loudly before we hit the cord
0: <laughs> oh. oh,
1: but which one of us was it? <laughs> we'll never tell. <laughs>
2: Oh, Matthew. Um, Christopher. Hello. It's good to be back in the same room as you again. It is, darling. It's very junior. good. It's
1: good to be back in a country whose weather has decided what it's doing. For yes. Once, which yes. is nice. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Big Damn Cast. I'm Big Damn Chris. I
2: am Big Damn Matthew. And we are live
1: at the moment of recording. <laughs> yes, we are uh, not live
2: <laughs> on the internet. That is not a thing we are. Don't complain.
1: Unless we is,
2: please don't complain.
1: Please don't go. just. I mean, don't just don't talk to us. Please, no, do, do talk to us. Don't do, do talk to us. Um, do, do, you have, do you have? Yes, do to talk to us. Fair play. Well, we're going to be catching up with a bunch of your questions this week. Oh, because uh, uh, with the last few episodes being pre-recorded, what I know? Can you believe it? Time travel um, was done. It was a thing by Jing and out of order as well. I know. Oh my
2: god. <laughs> oh, um, also we should mention that uh, the promised commentary. Yes, the class commentary is on its way. Is on
1: its way. We it's had some way. technical bullfuckery. Yeah. That hampered it being released while I was away. So um we will be releasing it very soon. Keep your eyes on the YouTube channel. Some bonus class murder. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, homework. But also uh, this week, uh we're gonna be talking Wonder Woman trailer, we're gonna yeah. be talking about Captain Underpants, we're gonna talk about Mindhorn. Mind uh, we're horn. gonna be touching on American gods uh touching them right up. Um, um what else we got? We're gonna be looking at early film releases. Yeah.
2: We've got uh, possible things happening in in uh, the, land media. the land of superheroes, and media, and and uh, there's been some switch arounds of release dates, which have led to some new openings and things made, yeah. being announced. Uh, DC um, Ez. DC Nuez. Uh um, We're also going to be talking a little bit about what, we, what. Well, you haven't seen it yet, and I've not seen all of it. So, what we maybe our early, early impressions of Iron Fist are. Yeah, I'm. I'm um, more than.
1: I'm more than willing for you to to load
2: it onto me. Yeah. I'm,
1: I'm not in a hurry to watch right now. But uh, for those of you who've already been watching it, maybe finished it, I think it's fair that you dive in, yeah. take take yeah, the yeah. safety gloves off and dissect Is it the first seven episodes you I you've think seen? I'm seven in, yeah. Oh, it's like the press. I can't even we're remember. We're just after release. <laughs> 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 hey. so, yeah. So we've been talking Iron Fist and we're also, like I said, answering a shit ton of your questions. Yeah, shit So ton. what the piss are we waiting for, bitch tits? Well,
2: let's get into the old... I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Sugar tits. That's very nice of you. Um... <laughs> Let's let's get into the old DC movie catch-up. The old oh, the fuck? who's directing what?
1: Is anyone directing anything? <laughs> who's to know anymore? No one's
2: directing anything. Every um, film's
1: been cancelled, and yet sequels have been commissioned. So here's what's happening: Aquaman's made by James Wan, who's probably crying in a cupboard. <laughs> Just no.
2: Why are they making me do this?
1: Um, so a needle pulling thread. <laughs> Wonder Woman... Sorry, I've had a kid's TV filter on for several <laughs> weeks. It's nice to... It's Wonder Woman trailer
2: dropped. Like my... The origin trailer. Like w- my boner. Um, which seems to imply that Diana is some kind of special person, amongst, even amongst the Amazons, but for for some reason it has to be kept a secret from her. But she has, yeah, to, she's, she has to be trained harder than any other Amazon. But
1: also but she must never know.
2: Yeah, bit of a contradiction. Don't understand. Um, also... Some interesting looking visuals, but then also there's that weird moment where they cut from the trailer music and into the Wonder Woman theme that Hans Zimmer wrote Batman vs. Superman. It's, it's such a jarring change it gave me fucking whiplash. Like Jesus Christ. J.K. Simmons came in um, and basically yelled at you until the trailer made you feel yeah, things. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic for that film. I hope it's Decent and watchable.
1: I think our, our, our unofficial catchphrase is: um, I never, I never want to not like a film. Yes,
2: but I, I, I have no enthusiasm I really, anymore really for this. Want to like the woman? So I'm hoping it's good. You're
1: um, you're a positive old soul, Bai Jing. You're you're a, you're a hope-filled
2: bag of dreams. I'm a bastion of positivity and optimism. Um, <laughs> what
1: a lovely word. But bastion. There's, there's
2: not so much. Um, so much optimism in the old DC film stable. Um, Batman has been delayed, mm-hmm. um, which we already knew. Apparently, Matt Reed is pushing for a full rewrite.
1: Oh, good lord. To the point
2: where Joe Manganiello has come out and said, I don't, I don't know, know if know. I'm Deathstroke. Yeah, I, I saw I don't know that. if I'm in this anymore. I think um, I'm... I Me
1: mean, may
2: have be Deathstroke? Question mark? The, the Flash is still floundering. <laughs> um, and now Aquaman has been pushed back. Oh. Just a couple of months to December of that sake. year, because the Star Wars slot has not been filled for that. It's not. It's not happening there now. As of yet, As or, of, yeah.
1: or Marvel, Marvel, or Disney have gone.
2: Actually, we're going to be summer release. Disney so. have, have, have not, have not got that release slot at the moment. So, so if they turn around DC and suddenly move back.
1: If they turn around and man. suddenly it's that be, that'd be 2019? 2018. 2018. December, oh, right. 2018, so if Disney then suddenly announced they've
2: got a. Aquaman phone call, was October, now it's December.
1: Right, so Aquaman could quite possibly be going head to head with the Han Solo movie.
2: Possibly. Which would or kill long. Aquaman. The implication, it would kill
1: Aquaman dead.
2: The, at the moment, it's opening on the same day as the live action, as the, as the animated Spider Man.
1: It's going to kill Spider Man. Animated yeah, Spider Man
2: won't probably. do. Yeah.
1: Then again, though. Then again. You turn to kids and Maybe. you go, hey, kids, what do you want to watch? Scary Pirate Tomahawk throwing drunken man? Or Spider-Man! They'll, they'll
2: probably the first say, black Spider-Man in a motion picture as well. They'll probably say Scary Tomahawk, I mean, drunken... I really I hope
1: Miles Morales beats Aquaman Yes, um, So do I.
2: Just um, because that would be cool. Uh So there's rumours that Warner Brothers are looking to fast-track one of the DC movies to come up and fill the gaps left by both of those films. Can I predict? Have they, have they said which one it might be? No, no, no.
1: Uh, my prediction is Shazam... Is this just rumoured then? My prediction is Shazam, Shazam. Or, the, or, the, or Shazam prequel Star, starring the Black Adam... Adam.
2: What? Like, what? They're going to fast-track Cyborg.
1: <laughs> what, the film that they've basically cancelled but haven't yet admitted to oh. cancelling?
2: Even though it's disappeared from all slates? The, the, most, the most interesting character in all of the Justice
0: League. Oh, God.
2: Cyborg. Um, I would rather watch a Black
1: Adam movie than a Cyborg movie. Because yeah. at least with that you're getting like, Egyptians and sort of gods and wizards and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Stuff. like Egyptians are in the same category as fantasy. <laughs> oh God, it's a, amazing this thing. There's dragons and, and orcs and, and... Egyptians. <laughs> people from Egypt. Could you imagine Egyptians? Oh God, <laughs> uh... I should probably should have specified. Ancient Egyptian, ancient Egypt, pyramids, Valley well, of the Gods, that sort of they, stuff. They
2: could, they could drop in. It's
1: <laughs> just a guy called, like, Ramut, who's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, I run, I run, uh, yeah, this, I just... run the local 7 I'm a taxi driver. I'm, t- I'm just, like... just, <laughs> just a guy, I work in, I'm in just, Egypt. I'm
2: just from Egypt. Like... <laughs> <laughs> uh... <coughs> oh, that's <dear. Yes>, you. <coughs> get it out, get it out. I've been hit by them Egyptian plagues. Better out than in. Is it? Um, is it? Is it, though? Is it? I <clears throat> do better out than in? Um, Chris Johnson, uh, he died the way he lived, talking about Egyptians. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, Oh, man. David is still <gasps> working on Gotham City Sirens, so they could potentially move that up. Ugh. And they've also been throwing a bunch of names around for directors for Suicide Squad the 2nd. Um, so... Apparently Someone Mel... who can direct it into a bin would be lovely. Mel Gibson has said that he was in talks to direct; and may still be in consideration. Mm-hmm. But we don't like Mel Gibson. Wow! Um, then
1: again, a film about villains directed by an actual nasty piece of shit.
2: Yeah. Well, <laughs> um. We've also got uh, Ruben Fleischer, Ruben Daniel Fleischer. Espinosa, Daniel Espinosa, Jonathan Levine, Jonathan Levine, and this is a Spanish name, so I apologise if I mangle this. Joan, Colette, Sarah, that guy, that guy, the House of Wax and the Shallows guy.
1: Oh, uh, oh, oh! What a what a freaking polar opposite uh, kind of
2: movie reference there. So apparently House of Wax remake. Ugh, they're being floated. The Shallows. Ooh, <laughs> they're being possibly floated to um. <laughs> direct Suicide, squad. Direct suicide yeah. squad the second with David Ayres being busy with Gotham City Silence. Oh, and also I don't want either of these things to happen. Apparently, the Man of Steel two train is apparently gearing up <clears throat> and apparently, <throat> again, and apparently they're after um, <clears throat> Kingsman and Kickass's Matthew Vaughan to direct.
1: I would rather see Matthew Vaughan direct a good Superman in a good Superman
2: movie. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Is like, yeah, Matthew Vaughn could probably. <clears throat> he seems to have the right sort of balance of 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 humor and 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 drama for that kind of. Well, he's, done, he's, done, he's, done, he's done
1: three comic adaptations. He's yeah. done Kick-Ass, first class, X-Men yeah. First Class
2: and and Kingsman. Yeah, I would rather see a Superman movie <clears as throat> closer in tone to X-Men First Class than Man of Steel. But, but the problem is that should have been the first yeah, Superman movie. Can you get there from where we are right now is is the question.
1: Clark, I want you to learn about yourself at the age of 35,
2: after you've already been a superhero, and died. <laughs> <laughs> and died and come back. <clears throat> I'm God. a new Superman. Um, so that's the, that's the DC ruined up. So things are, you know, Ticking over as usual, a.k.a. barely. But their um, their moving of Aquaman has opened up that October slot, which Sony's Columbia has now set for Venom. October 5th, 2018. So So apparently Aquaman moving to December has vacated that slot. And Sony have gone, oh, we'll put out Venom there. Being written by Scott Rosenberg and Jeff Pinkner, who also worked on Sony's Amazing Spider-Man 2. That's the title of the movie, not a description of it. Well, the two was a correct. Description. Yeah, oh yeah, it was Spider-Man. Let me. Amazing. Um... Apparently, Alex Kurtzman <coughs> is still attached, but no one, nothing's been confirmed yet. Okay, I'm just going to say something here. Say um, it.
1: Say. It. I am a child of the 90s by technicality. I was born in the early 90s. The majority of my childhood was spent in the 90s. Crossed over to the 2000s. Uh, I was a big fan of Spider-Man at the young age. I was a big fan of Spider-Man in the 90s. Naturally, as a child, one of my favourite things about Spider-Man was Venom. What a cool looking bad guy.
2: In that 90s show, man. You've been driving that truck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> that 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 happened. Yeah. yeah. Voice by Hank Azari. We got
0: a TV show.
1: <laughs> Decent job. Half blue, half red outlining, suggesting that there was more to come. Carnage eventually happened. For some reason, it's part of a Doctor Strange block. No idea why. <laughs> but Venom was cool. I quite it's like the I quite right. like the early two thousands Venom eighteen issue series, the Daniel Way one. Uh about an offshoot of it. It's in three acts. In the first act it's a, it's a an offshoot of the symbiote in a the thing like plot in an Arctic base, in an oh. Arctic research lab, that then turns into Why a big have romp with i not read with, that? Gonna, I'll lend it to you if you want. It's amazing. Like I've got the I've got the the, the massive trade upstairs of it all. Mm-hmm. It's pretty great. It's really cool. Um really nicely done. I like the work Clayton Crane did on Venom vs. Carnage. Uh, I enjoy the direction Venom took uh, as Flash Thompson in recent years. I like that. I've not followed on from him beyond him joining with the Guardians. I, I've not looked into it beyond that, really. Becoming
2: Venom's Space Knight. Space Knight. But,
1: you know, at the same time, I'm like interesting angles. I like I like the diversion with Matt Gargan during the Dark Reign and Norman Osborn's version of The Avengers.
2: Sinister Spider-Man.
1: I enjoyed the mid-Marvel Knight um, Spider-Man uh, thing that Mark Miller did. Where he was sold off the goo, the, the symbiote was sold off to a mobster's son to try and create a legacy. And, and he, it leaves his body midway through a leap. It says Angelos, you just don't have enough venom. But it just leaves him and he plummets to his death. You can do some really interesting interesting things with this character, both visually, storytelling wise, dark mirror to your hero, which is always nice. Spider Man hadn't really had a direct dark mirror before. I am seeing the this common character. theme in all
2: these things. Yeah. Uh, one one element that keeps recurring that may be absent from the possible movie version true, I mean we'll
1: touch on that in a second uh, <laughs> but I just it, 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 basically I grew up with this character I love him, like, yeah. I can draw him like in my sleep I, I've drawn him that much that he's one of the few things I can from memory just like bash out really well I've enjoyed his tales I've owned several Venom action figures over the years more well, no
2: tentacles than tails really <laughs> LOL <laughs>
1: um, I enjoyed playing as to Spider-Man I had a good time Here are my thoughts on the announcement of the Venom movie from Sony
0: Leave him alone (laughs) This isn't nineteen ninety
1: three anymore Let Venom die
2: (laughs) Um I hate this so much. Um, I see that what I was getting at was, um, there's
1: one particular common part of his story, which is sort of essential to the character's story. Which is
2: Spider-Man.
0: Yeah. (laughs)
1: Like, he's a Spider-Man villain. He's a dark reflection of (laughs) Spider-Man. However you get the dark, however you get the dark suit, however you get get the black suit to Spider-Man, thing is... Spider Man is the reason Venom exists. Yeah, the reason Venom is the way he is. Now you could do a film about the Venom symbiote. Absolutely,
2: could. Like you could, I see. Could see him doing an Agent Venom movie, which has like the Venom symbiote as like a super soldier esque um, biological armor suit. But then why, why the spider motifs and why is it called Venom? Yeah, it wouldn't. It does It doesn't. That stuff all comes from it being bonded to peter parker
1: his name venom comes from the fact that the symbiote and eddie brock wish to poison spider-man's legacy yeah that's why he's called venom he's like i'm gonna poison everything you stand for i am going to destroy it from the inside out because you betrayed me and you betrayed me and the two of us are gonna burrow into your life and burn it up from the inside that was why he was called venom venom this is a movie that is going to stand alone. It's not going to be part of the MCU. If anything, if it's going to exist in any continuity, it's apparently going to exist in the Amazing Spider-Man continuity. <clears throat> but it'll probably be its own thing. I know briefly they were touching on Venom being a horror movie, but again, it doesn't work unless Spider-Man is tied into it somehow. I also don't want them to do Venom as a Spider-Man villain in a movie ever because there are so many more exciting things that you could do. Plus, Venom should always come later in Spidey's life. Ultimate Spidey... That the comic found a way to make it come early that didn't feel forced and it was one story arc and then it was gone until 50 odd issues later when they touch on old carnage Gwen stacy symbiote stuff and then venoms will come back to like issue 113 like they take their sweet ass time getting to (coughs) it yeah um i don't want tom holland spider-man kid spider-man to deal with venom i want him to fight the vulture i want him to fight craven the hunter
0: i want to fight i want dr
1: octopus the kingpin like i want green goblin I want... these are the baddies i want to see him could face off against
2: tom holland and vincent D'Onofrio doing that scene from ultimate spider-man where spider reads all the fat jokes out to the king i've got some stuff i want could to say imma- it's so important i wrote it down <clears throat> that. you are so fat
1: <laughs> when you cut yourself <laughs> shaving marshmallow fluff comes out <laughs>
2: Riff- off of his face no? just like
1: okay tough not crowd knowing
2: how to deal with um, that
1: you are so fat that your high school yearbook photo was taken from a helicopter <laughs> so good. ah see no reaction uh, you are so fat that when you get on the scale it reads one at a time please when i first read that scene <laughs> i was sat in my bedroom at my mum and dad at my mom and that house Pissing myself with it's laughter. So good. It's that has so never good. left me that scene. To see Tom Holland and D'Onofrio perform that would be amazing. But no, we're getting a Venom movie instead. But we're getting a Venom movie instead. <laughs> because Sony are Sony. Hates Sony this. are Sony. And Sony is stupid. Let me point out one other thing. It hasn't been mentioned in any of the press release for this Venom movie news that's come out yet. But he was attached to every other press release mm-hmm. in the past. This is going to be the work, this will be the handiwork of the executive producer. Avi, Arad. Avi Arad. <clears throat> A man we do owe a lot to, but in a George Lucas kind of way. Yeah, I owe like, a lot to my fucking you landlord. That doesn't mean I like him. No, but like, you did so much for us at the beginning. You got a lot of balls rolling, giggity. Like, we, we wouldn't have Blade. We wouldn't have the Raimi Spider-Man movies. Like, we wouldn't have X-Men, like, you know, back in the day and everything. We wouldn't have these things without Avi Arad. The reason why the superhero thing has become a genre of its own in recent years is because of these movies and the decade and a half that preceded it.
0: Mm.
1: Avi Arad's also the man who killed Spider Man three. He forced Venom into Spider Man Three because Avi Arad came into Marvel in the early nineties, if I remember correctly, through Toy Biz. He was like a big guy at Toy Biz. Yeah he was. And he when Marvel and Toy Biz sort of merged as part of like trying to keep Marvel out of bankruptcy and everything, he became part of Marvel Studios, that what what was at that point Marvel Studios. Yeah. And Is the executive producer in practicality, not like in Marquis, like Stanley for a lot of Marvel movies uh, up until
2: around the time of Iron Man. Avi Arad's got his fingers in all the pies. Yeah.
1: Problem is those fingers are wearing early nineties, like fingerless gloves (laughs) with studs in them. (laughs) He's obsessed with a very specific era of Marvel comics. And I, I don't think it's because he loves the material. I think it's because when he joined Marvel with Toy Biz, Venom was a hot seller. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So he still thinks that. I guarantee that you will have a generation of kids now, younger kids, about sort of 8, 9, 10, who are into Spider Man, who barely know about Venom. Yeah. Like, oh, he pop. oh, isn't that that guy who, who was a baddie in like an episode of Ultimate Spider Man? And then, oh, there's Agent Venom. I don't know who Agent Venom is. Venom isn't a thing anymore. He isn't. So why the fuck is he so hung up on him? He forced it into Spider Man 3. Sam Raimi, Spider Man 3 was going to be about the Sandman. Spidey finding out a revelation that he was involved in Uncle Ben's murder. And at one point, if I remember correctly, um, it was going to be about like Harry as the goblin and Sandman teaming up. And then Aviarard went, I want Venom, Venom sells toys, Venom's on lunchboxes, get Venom in the movie. And he forced it in. Sam Raimi had gone on a record as saying he didn't like Venom when people were saying what villains would you do? They said, Would you do Venom? He went, No, it doesn't appeal to me. Because Sam Raimi's era was the 60s, and those movies are very much 60s-style yeah, Spider-Man. There's, there's
2: a lot of the, the Dick Coley Spider-Man in particularly into.
1: Sam Raimi does a damn good job of doing the black suit, the 1960s version. Yeah. In terms of, like, Peter's attitude and everything. But it fails, it falls apart, because you're trying to force extreme 90s extreme. into a 60s-influenced film. It doesn't work. And now he wants to... Because here's the other thing. Here's the other fascinating piece of shit. Yeah, so... yeah. Aviarard's like, one of his interns slash, like, lower employees for years was a guy called Kevin Feige. Kevin? Who wormed his way. Wormed his way. Worked hard. Kevin! Uh, who, like, wormed his way through the ranks, and he's now, like, a producer. And, of course, now he's a massive executive producer and in control of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He's the guy who, when it came to Iron Man, made the decision, to put a tag after the credits.
2: He holds all the cards. If people he really like this movie, all the strings. If people really
1: like this movie, then... We have the chance to do something really unique here. Mm. Stick Nick Fury after the credits. Robert, we need you for one day. We're going to film a sequence for Incredible Hulk. For after the credits.
2: But we're going to put it before the credits.
1: Let's see. How, well, I think it's mid-credits, isn't it? It's just before. Ah. But they're like, let's see how this plays out. Yeah. And it was a risk worth taking. It was two movies on their own. People weren't expecting much of either of them. They really enjoyed them. And then they went, oh, I wonder what that's going to lead to. So we get a filler movie in the form of Iron Man 2 that sort of teases us with all these interconnected things as part of its plot to sort of keep us intrigued and then thor captain america do what the other two did avengers hits we're in the world we're in now every other studio is trying to copy them because they did it so well kevin feige is better than aviarad and aviarad knows it and aviarad is desperately trying to make sure that he's still the top dog so he's pulling out his secret weapon Of 1992.
2: He's pulling out his big old Venom dick.
1: I don't want this movie. I really don't (laughs) want this movie. Ten years from now, Tom Holland, last Spider-Man movie. Yeah, I'm in my late 20s now and I've kind of done it. I'm I'm sort of finished now. Uh, I'm only going to do one more. It's like my fourth movie. Cool. Throw the fucking symbiote in there.
2: Let's do it. Why not? Also, kill me off and make Miles Morales in this. Yes, bitch. A thousand times. Get some new up-and-coming young black actor and have Miles Morales in it. Or... So, or soft boot clone saga.
1: Pete, yeah. Peter and presumably Mary Jane head off into the sunset, and Miles takes up the mantle. Yeah,
0: all right,
1: I'll be down with it. I'll be down with it. Badgie Holmes. Right. But yeah, not no venom. Please. I don't want it. Not I a venom. I don't movie. want it.
2: Like, what don't would, be... What's it? What's it going to be about? Like,
1: well, I'll tell you. I'll tell. You, I'll tell you this for now. The villain will be Carnage because Aviarard won't be able to resist. <laughs> why? And it'll be R rated because Logan's R rated. So that means it's good, right? Oh
2: why?
1: I just.
2: But why? No, leave
1: Venom to die. Again, I say that as a man who has enjoyed that character and does love that character, but that character's time is gone. Yeah, yeah,
2: like it has gone. Venom was very much a product of the late '80s, early '90s. Yeah, like his
1: last sort of big, significant boost as Eddie Brock was probably his inclusion in the Sinister Six in the early 2000s. That one storyline where he bites Sam and poisons him and it kills him. But I think that was like the last sort of time where Eddie Brock was like significant. I think Venom vs. Carnage was the series that made people go, oh cool, you can tell cool stories of these characters still, that miniseries series They'll probably go and with... Then, and then Mark Millar did a genius thing of going, Eddie's done, the symbiote's been auctioned off, let's see what happens. I think they'll probably go with Agent Venom. I don't. I think every Rod's too tempted to make what? a villain movie. Yeah, but you can't make a villain movie without a <clears throat> hero. But they were going to do Sinister Six without Spidey having met
2: any of them, apart <sighs> from the writer. So dumb so dumb I...
1: Sony don't know what the fuck they're doing the reason yeah. why we're excited for homecoming is because Disney is involved in that too
2: yeah like
1: it it is two sets of cooks in that kitchen all working together to two make sets of guest cooks no C-O-O-K oh. okay wearing cooks um <laughs> I just just don't don't let it happen no. don't let it happen or if you do make it a ridiculously over the top extreme 90s movie and then we can at least all have a
2: good laugh at it Rather but, than um, be sad, there's something else you might not want to let happen oh, on the horizon. Bitch tits. Um, <coughs> Warner Brothers is apparently working on a reboot of The Matrix with screenwriter. One and done,
1: guys. You did some interesting animations, but it's kind of done. No one wants to relive the early 2000s again.
2: Good day, sir. <laughs> I said good day. Um, <laughs> screenwriter. I thought you
1: were going to we go more tutsy on your delivery.
2: Screenwriter <laughs> Zach Penn of Avengers and X Men: The Last Stand reportedly in talks to write a treatment for the relaunch concept.
1: Wait, Avengers? Are we talk in the fucking Ray finds Uma Thurman movie. Uh,
2: no, I'm thinking. Because Aven- Joss
1: Whedon wrote Avengers. Wins that pen? Uh, well, there you go. There's Noel Fielding did luxury comedy. It was very evident very quickly that he needed Julian uh, yes. Barrett. Um Like, that's... I
2: think. I, well, I think. Anyway, let me double check on that.
1: Because um, if it's the '90s Avengers, then that just makes this story even more stupid and delicious. Yeah,
2: that's that's dumb. Um, <laughs> but you did write X Men Last time Hello, I have a weather
1: machine, oh. and I'm dressed as a teddy bear for some reason. Ha ha. Uh-huh.
2: This is the start of my downfall in cinema. I'm also a horrible, wife-beating man. But they've also come out and said, "Oh, maybe it's not a reboot. Maybe it's, it's a, a
1: continuation." Reboot. Or a... Whoa, 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 whoa! Because whoa. prequel is going to end with them not saving the day because they can't because that has yet to happen. Sequel is going to start with
2: everyone going, but everyone's free. Well, the, here's the thing here's the thing.
1: Overnight, we just shepherded a billion humans back into a machine. I know
2: Zach, Zach Penn did the um did the story for Avengers Assemble and also Incredible <clears comfortable throat> Hulk. So you know. yeah, but
1: last stand though.
2: But then and Coral X Men Two. He's the Juggernaut, bitch. Behind enemy lines, some decent stuff. Last Action Hero. Oh yeah. damn it! He's winning me round. Yeah, um, he's done some alright stuff. He's all, yeah. So yeah,
0: he is the he, he is good. the no
1: fielding of this bitch. Um. Next, next thing
2: you know Zach Penn will be he'll be writing um,
1: freaking Great British Bake Off original
2: creators writers and directors Lana and Lily Wachowski are not involved so basically no I mean
1: then again look but, at the track record of it all if we're looking at there are there are six main Matrix entries there is the um, Matrix There is the Matrix Matrix Reloaded Matrix um yeah, Revolution Revolution Revolution? Revelations? Revolution. Revolution. There is The Animatrix. Mm-hmm. There is The Matrix, The Path of Neo. Mm-hmm. There is um, Enter, the Enter the Matrix. So that's three films, three videos, selection of animated shorts, yeah, and, and, and two video, video games. games. Also
2: The Matrix Online, which is now dead. Yeah, forget that shit. But there was some <laughs> stuff. Yeah, there was a the storyline post revolution. Out Online. of
1: those six specifically, Enter the Matrix was a fun video game. Was it though? Yes. It was. Was it? Because though? it's the first time you ever got to actually use a bullet timey sort of thing outside of Max Payne. But was it though? Yes. Okay. Um. I don't, I don't know if it was. Yeah, I have it in that room. I played it. We are like, gonna stream I it I soon played then. I'm it. it. Um, it's fun. Uh, um, Animatrix is pretty freaking great. Um, and set a, yeah. and set a, a trend that they then never continued.
2: They did Gotham Night Gotham it Gotham Knight. Gotham really? Knight like five years later. Yeah. And then
1: that was it. Um, yeah. And the first Matrix is undeniably a very well-made movie.
2: I wanted to do that Rinneke animation. That, Oh, yeah. That that, uh, that spit in between
1: Pitch, Pitch Black, Black and, and uh, Chronicles. Chronicles.
0: Yeah.
1: But anyway, yeah. But so there's three out of the six. <clears throat> the sequels have some nice action set pieces in them, but they're just... They're stupid. Like, they're really dumb. Yeah. Matrix Path of Neo is sort of like Enter the Matrix, but not is exciting because you're not following a new story, you're following a movie, a movie adaptation thing, until the ending where the Wachowskis appear as little block characters and say, "The ending of this movie is a little more sort of low key than a video game would allow, so we're gonna change the ending for the video game." Enjoy, and in the video game, Agent Smith merges with a load of vehicles and creates a giant mech, mech, and you fight a giant mech.
0: But they right. ap- they
1: appear in in the ge- the game just before the last level to basically go. Yeah, we, we the ending of this movie would not make for a good video game. So here's a video gamey ending. Enjoy, but it's not. What I'm basically saying is three out of six. Fifty percent of the content has been pretty decent. Yeah, and even that's debatable. Yeah, yeah. Um,
2: that first Matrix movie is the only thing that I'm feel comfortable going. This is great.
0: Excellent.
1: So the Wachowskis aren't necessarily the formula that makes it work. No.
0: But, However,
1: their lives have changed a lot since then. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see where now, as directors,
2: they would go with it. We I mean, watched Jupiter Ascending. <sniffs> Don't do it. It's quite fun. It's, I, it's not good. It's it's really bad.
1: Take a shot every time Eddie Redman's trying to force a shit out. But it is so, it's so
2: wonderfully silly. Channing just... Tatum's
1: a bee! <laughs> oh, no, no
2: Channing Tatum's a wolf. Sean, Sean bean. Bean's a bee. Sean Bean is a be. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Bean, um... not the beard. Um, Michael B. Jordan is rumored to be leading. Rumored to be a potential star.
1: This is going to completely so, kill his career. That
2: has also led to people going. Is it maybe a Morpheus prequel then? Or
1: well, I do you know? What I think it might be. I think they watched Chronicle. Yeah, and when he can do sort of floaty shit, put him in yeah. it. Yeah. It's oh, like, uh, But the,
2: the thing that Michael B. Jordan should be getting into as for is Creed, because the man
1: that movie. Goes. Yeah. Oh, well, he's an amazing actor, but he, he, he picks. He's not, he he p- not he picked, picked, he picked great he picks, projects. He picks more yeah. shit
2: projects than good projects. He's, he's, but I think that, you know, that's that's the pitfalls of being a, an actor of his age in Hollywood at the moment. Um, Reeves, Keanu Reeves has turned around and said, Yeah, I'd maybe do another Matrix, on the condition that the Wachowskis would have to write and direct it. Right. So. He's like It
1: ain't gonna be a sequel then.
2: Yeah. He's been like Hang on. Spoiler alert for
1: a ten year old fourteen year old movie. Neo dies at the end of the last one. He joins. he joins the source. Right, so no Neo then. Just don't bother.
0: Yeah. And not a sequel um, would be
1: pointless because the story concludes at the end of number three. Like it ends. In terms of what you could exciting excitingly work with in a movie. Yeah. Realm apparently but a prequel's pointless because we know that there's not going to be a victory in any kind like at least with Rogue One we, we're learning the story of a little victory during a bigger war yeah whereas with this it's like we know they don't get anywhere because morphus is a lot like yeah we've been we've been fucking pulling motherfuckers left and right trying yeah. to find someone who can actually save the day yeah. and they've all died
0: <laughs> so, so, so it's so
1: so it's it's not like there's any sense of triumph in this
2: concept if it were a prequel no 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 it just seems silly but also um apparently Warner brothers were playing with the idea of a TV series in last year a matrix TV show and but then but then they saw all the stuff that um Disney were doing with Star Wars and having uh the idea of a Star Wars film franchise being like a main series spine and then all sorts of side stories coming off the uh off the side and then guess what they did they thought oh I want a piece of that pie but, oh, we're going to use a matrix to do that but maybe. that's not a proven formula yet nope they've
1: done they've done one pair of films it might not even work for Star Wars we don't know yet we honestly don't know so oh god they're doing what everyone else is doing we're going to do a cinematic universe <laughs> and then these guys have gone no we're not going to do that we're not going to do that we're going to steal their other formula uh,
0: oh for fuck's sake back to formula <sighs> the wrong formula it was the wrong formula, oh God,
2: um, so, I want to watch yeah. that movie right now.
1: I love that movie so much. It's so good. Ow damn I, Aunt may, Aunt may, is that an angel? <laughs> 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 It's so good. <laughs> oh,
2: I love it.
1: Uh, I love it. Bonesar is ready Let's
2: move away from depressing movie news and And, watch and just watch Spider Man. Screw something. the rest of this episode.
1: Let's go with Spider Man.
2: Well let's go more optimistic. <coughs> we watched a couple of trailers before we started recording. Hey, tell me, Don Miguel. When? Tell me of Deptin Underpants. <laughs> that was a
1: Delivery. Um, I was not expecting you to whip out the Don Miguel. Okay. Um Captain Underpants. No one six mechs the Spanish Don Miguel. Name. <laughs> oh, God. His chief weapon is surprise. Fear and surprise. You are two chief weapons. Um Captain Underpants, I can't remember the author's name, and I'm gonna kick myself for that, but it's a series of kids' books oh, that me. are a hybrid of book and comic book, uh, with sort of like flipbook kind of things inside it, aimed specifically at sort of kids aged like five to ten. They are brilliant. They're about two kids who are always getting into trouble, and their principal absolutely hates them. Till one day, to sort of try and get out of trouble, they buy like a, one of the, you know, like the back, back page of comic books, where you get the shit, from back in there, the you get the shit little trinkets and things you can send off for. They buy a shit little hypnosis ring, and they're like, hopefully this will like, we'll just basically tell him to leave us alone and stop, you know, getting us into trouble. Uh, and they take it a little bit too far and convince him that he's there created, um, self-published, i.e. the two of them draw it in their treehouse, comic book character Captain Underpants, who in the comic books is a superhero who runs around in his underpants and a cape fighting really cool, gross, weird villains. <laughs> so what they've now got is a principal who's running around in underpants and a cape thinking he's an invulnerable superhero. Hijinks ensue. First book is pretty straightforward. I can't remember if there's a villain in the first book or not. But like that's sort of the whole like, oh god, like this is hilarious. And then <laughs> oh no, this
2: is a really terrible decision. Uh, Dav Pilkey, by the way, is the author. Dav
1: Pilkey, oh, what a great name. And illustrator. Uh, yeah, the, I mean the illustrations are brilliant. They've just got this. They've got this really distinct kind of feel to them. Mm. Which, by the look of this trailer, they've just adapted it for the film. They've got take those
2: illustrations, put them into three. Like I said, that'd be silly not to do that. If like something's got a, such a distinct visual style. Why would you not ape that for an animation? Well, That's kind of point, isn't it? They did,
1: they did sort of do that with things like the Lorax, didn't they? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it did work for them. So why would you do? Why would you not do it? But hey, Deviant Art and Tumblr love the once look. Go fuck yourselves. Oh so, um,
2: Deviant Art.
1: So they're doing that. It looks like they're melding the plot of a couple of the books. Because if I remember correctly, the big mechanical evil toilet things don't come to later, but they're in the film. It's expanded. It is really fun to hear Ed Helms say "Troll which is his catchphrase. It looks fun, man. This new trailer—it's like it looks kind of fun. It opens with one of those really stupid things that they yeah, do. Yeah, I hated that so much. Where they whack some of the actors on the front, they yeah. have a bit of banter, oh, and then we're the trailer watch starts. Watch our new
2: trailer, and no, oh, 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 we're going to place some bits off each other because we're funny guys. But
1: Kevin Hart and Thomas Middlemitch are the kids. Good casting, huh? and they sound like kids, yeah. like
2: the sort of. Kevin Hart also looks like a child. That man. is true. I, no, I, <laughs> oh, like, oh, I like
1: him more and more. And it makes me want to watch films of his that I know will be shit, like Ride Along. Why? Because um, <laughs> Kevin Hart. Um Last year I watched Central Intelligence. So I've, go on, let's give it a try. That and did I, look
2: pretty good though, also it, on The Rock.
1: It was fun. Wait till it's on Netflix, don't bother buying it. But yeah, oh, it was fun. Oh, yeah. um, really nice, five out of five, like. Decent comedy fun. Nice. Um, but yeah, I, like, that's nice. Ed Helms as Captain Underpants. Cool. Okay. Ed Helms. Do you like a awesome. bit of Ed Helms? Um, don't know much else about the cast, but I—I I mean, I'm not a DreamWorks movie guy.
2: No, no, I'm not. No. I—I like they—they've got this whole no. thing of
1: of like this attitude that says we're better than everyone else, which is really weird.
2: Yeah, you're not better than everyone else. You fucking made Shrek.
1: Well. That was, and I know we will, one day we'll don't, do an episode on Don't give on me this
2: bullshit. No, I,
1: I will agree, don't give me I will this agree. Shrek
2: has ever been good bullshit. I will it's never agree, been good. I will agree. Shrek as
1: its own film isn't amazing. As a statement at the time and as one company trying to say there are other ways to tell animated stories. Yeah, badly. I will give, no, but I'll give it props for that. But then I've learnt more about the history and about the fact Shrek in itself isn't parodying fairy tale it was made as a direct fuck you to Disney and the people that they used to work with before they became DreamWorks. Like, it's really sort of, this is really horrible. I think Shrek 2 is a damn good movie. Oh, you're, you're insane. No, it's Shrek 2 is a damn good movie. You're literally insane. It's one of those few instances where the sequel is better than the original. Yeah. Mm. We're going to watch Shrek 2.
0: Everything else has I've come out of Dreamworks I don't want to watch that Everything above. else
1: has come out of Dreamworks since. I've never really enjoyed I, I liked How to Train Your Dragon, but that was more to do with. That was pretty good. Is it Cressida Carol who wrote those books? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's because they, they, they adapted the really books decently and that works. I've not seen number two, but I've heard good things. Puss in Boots is fine. I had a laugh with Puss in Boots. Um. No, it's, it's a movie-length version of a joke from Shrek that didn't work in yeah, Shrek. But the whole setting and the Zoro-esque kind of thing works in its favour.
2: Fucking mad.
1: Um, however, um, there's this slew of shit that they're like over the hedge and shark's tail and all this but it was just like look at the big look at the names we've got in this movie and the DreamWorks smirk on the poster yeah oh god it's fucking awful but like things like Megamind interesting concept and so in this case again it's another book adaptation I'm open to this I hope it surprises me I really do um other trailers we touched on it already but let's <laughs> <laughs>
2: Here's a pun. I think, I think that's that's all we need to say about that one. Yeah, we're sort of in a weird position with this. I think you are you are
1: a lot more hopeful than I am. I can't do it, man. Um, I can't do it. Gal Gadot just seems like she has no gravitas at all. And not in like... A, well, she's, she's learning to sort of... Become... No. Frick, no. I should, I should feel like... I should feel like that's Wonder Woman. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't, I don't know, I... feel like it's Wonder Woman. I feel like it's Gal Gadot playing dress-up. And doing some cool stunts.
2: I don't know, I think, I think, I think it could be real cool.
1: And I'm Diana of Themyscira. Yep. Y- next! <laughs> <laughs> Can we have the next actress, please? No, Zach already put her in the last film. Oh, shit. Tell me. Honestly. Tell me about Mindhorn. <laughs> so it's a comedy film that was doing the rounds of some festivals last year and got great reviews. It is a movie about a TV star from the 70s, from a cop show called Mindhorn, suddenly dragged into a police investigation because a serial killer on the is it the Isle of Wight um, will only talk to Mindhorn. He believes Mindhorn is real. That's the only person he'll talk to. Uh, <laughs> that's the only way there's a chance of stopping him. But the actor who played Mindhorn is now sort of mostly out of work, balding shit, shit fest, like barely a shadow of his former self. Who suddenly sees this as an opportunity to get back in the limelight. The reason why I was excited about this movie is it's Baby Cow production. They always tend to make good stuff for TV. So I'm interested to see what they're going to do in the film. Because I think the last film Baby Cow did, if I'm... I might be wrong, but I think the last big film they did was Alan, Alan Partridge, Alpha Papa. Which I, I've not seen by hit great things as well. It's great. It had no business being as good as it was. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you! No, no, like... <laughs> you filthy little lobster! Well, it's a sitcom to movie adaptation, which never works. No. Even for the best material, it never works. And Alpha Papa worked really well. Um but the biggest draw for me on this is it's the return of Julian Barrett. Now for those who don't know, he's been out of he's been out of any spotlight for about seven or eight years. Um he's always Mostly doing voiceover spotlight. dirty bastard. Always doing is that what you call it? My heartlight. Like. Oh right. And your Bum. <laughs> uh as far as i'm aware he was he was for, for, for several years being dad because him and his him and his wife uh, julia davis have twins yeah so he was being dad um as you do you occasionally me? popping out to voice over talking been talking cats on adverts things like that writing here and there popping up in things
2: here and there Popping.
1: but the majority of the world knows julian barrett as howard moon from the mighty boosh yes. and as the man behind a big portion of why the boosh works Uh, because the music's his, loads of the characters are his, him and Noel Fielding collaborate really well together. Yep. I adore Julian Barrett. So when I heard about this film doing the round at festivals, I was like, oh my God, Julian Barrett, yay. (laughs) And it did well enough that they're giving it a release. It's coming out in like two months. It's getting a UK cinema release. I'm just saying this, guys. It's not this simple. It's not this cut and dry. But if you want to drag Noel Fielding out of Bake Off...
0: And you want and
1: you want have the channel four quagmire. And if you want any chance and you should. of should. Everyone should. Um if you want any chance of maybe seeing maybe seeing the Boosh do something again as the Boosh because it never ended. It never had an end. It just kind of stopped stopped. And then they did some gigs at one point. And that was it. If you want to see it again Go watch Mindhorn when it comes out. <laughs> Make this little movie that's probably not gonna make a lot of money, make more money than they were expecting. The little movie that
2: maybe...
1: The trailer's fun. Yeah,
2: it looks really, it looks really fun.
1: It looks well shot, and, 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 and the idea of like the old detective shot, like he's got an eye patch with an <laughs> augmented cybernetic eye that can tell the
2: truth. You can see the truth. It can see truth.
1: Just like, I think the catchphrase of the movie is it's truth time. Um, <laughs> if you can, if you want anything bushy, ever again or at least just want more Julian Barrett on your TV go and watch Mindhorn bonus Simon Farnaby's in it
2: oh well with there a we da- go. Accent,
1: which is a winner as far as oh, I'm yeah, concerned that's true. and Steve Coogan because his, his production company so of course he's found a way in oh yeah and Russell Tovey's the serial killer get Coogan in there so there you go if you're a fan of any of those things go and watch the film
2: I, I'm, I'm, I like all those things
1: I like most things
2: and coming to Amazon later this year all over its face neck and chest Neil Gaiman's oh, Nightmare America. in Silver. No, oh shit, no no no, 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 no! No, not that! It's already on Netflix. Um, oh. Neil Gaiman's American Gods. Yes, bitch.
1: Tell me, sir. Tell me stories,
2: El Diabnet. So, American Gods is the... Tell st- me tale, bitch tits. Is the story <laughs> of uh, one Shadow Moon who's released early from... Uh, slightly early. A couple of days earlier from prison. <laughs> There's only two days away from return. As his wife has died in a car accident.
1: Oh shit! I don't feel bad for Jeffrey.
2: Um, he then about this fictional character. He then finds himself uh caught up in the employ of the mysterious Mister Wednesday, who reveals to him a world of gods um forgotten and hidden amongst America, uh and there's a war coming on the horizon with the new gods, uh the things that. Because gods are based on belief and worship. and The worship and belief in these gods are kind of... On, yeah, the, the worship in the old gods has
0: dissipated. Uh, dissipated.
2: And the new gods like technology and the media have uh, have cropped up more powerful. Um, so he's employed by Mr. Wednesday as part of preparations for this war. Um, and yeah, that's, it's difficult to say too much more about it without getting into spoilery stuff. Because there's some interesting twists that actually come pretty early on in the in the book um as far as we know is the tv show pretty much straight up adapting from what the i saw Migiria. in that trailer that it looks like getting, they're aiming for a pretty straight up adaptation which is good because that book's fucking great <laughs> it's really fucking good um and it could go some real exciting places so yeah i'm 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 up for that the visuals from that
1: trailer alone cuz I, I haven't read the book that i'm going off of just what i saw in that it's. So I think the word I kept using when we watched it was "it's lovely." Like, it just it looks lo- it lovely, gorgeous. I don't mean that in like a "yay, it's all pleasant." I mean in a "God, it's lush." Yeah, like the colours yeah. and everything. It just looks. It's
2: on stars in the US. It's going to be on Amazon over here, I believe.
1: Yeah, so we, we'll be getting it. Uh, so it's not like a preacher kind of deal. Yeah, it's like I we're, we're so, getting yeah, it um, one way. Mate, I just oh. it. it yeah. I, I I do like what I've read of Neil Gaiman. I've not read a lot. I I like the way he thinks and I like him as a person. So I really want this show to work out. Yeah,
2: and I, I, hopefully it will because. And Ian McShane, man, it's Mr. Wednesday! Ian McShane. Ian McGodutch Salford's finest. Ian McShane. Ian McShane. Hot off his star turn in John Wick Chapter 2. Which I've still
1: not seen. I can't on that.
2: It's great. It's not quite as good as the first oh. one, but it's, it's, really, it's really good. I enjoyed it a lot.
1: Now tell me about something that isn't great. Much to a lot of people's chagrin. Well, before
2: I get into the main thing that isn't great, I need to mention one thing very briefly that might not be great. Oh. And that's a little news that apparently some studios are talking about doing early rentals for movies. Huh. Like... So apparently Warner Brothers and 20th Century Fox are among a group of studios working on deals to make digital rentals available to home viewers as early as 30 days after the movie premieres in (laughs) theaters. The films will be reportedly offered at a $30 per rental price point. Okay. Designed to compensate for lost revenue from theatergoers without leaving many viewers. That is Without it. leaving many viewers yeah. priced out of, re- of, 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 a, of a rental.
1: That's it. That sums it up perfectly. Warner Brothers and 20th Century Fox are amongst the companies doing it. Disney two enough. companies who release movies that are usually, at the moment, not very good no. in big summer tentpole blockbuster slots that drop out in week two. <laughs> yeah. They're hoping this means that lazy people will give them money, basically. And That's course, what they want. They're waiting for lazy people to give them money. Oh, I don't want to go out and see it, but it'll be on it'll be on it'll be on iTunes next week, so I'll yeah. rent it. No. Now I'm all for early digital rental. Thirty dollars. So over here we're talking like twenty six pounds. No, the dollar's stronger than the pound at the moment. Oh god, I've forgotten about that. Thanks, Brexit! Um so <laughs> are talking about
2: thirty five?
0: <coughs> <coughs> it's killing me
2: Oh, it's literally killing me Apparently at least, at, oh my least God. Uh, at least one major studio <coughs> which is Disney uh, are not taking part in the negotiations because they're not keen on shortening the theatrical release window I agree, probably because that's where they make su- they made record ticket sales last year at the box office, Disney not they? made like 7 billion or something <coughs> tickets
1: but not even just that part of the magic of cinema is going to see a film. I think I'm. I'm there is keen... something you'll lose if that experience becomes
2: like an option rather than the way. I'm keen on digital streaming being closer to release. Yeah, digital rather than being close to, to theatrical release, because also that that opens it up to more people who are living in areas without a cinema close by. <laughs> <laughs> I don't it's know. Fun. I mean, I was in the foothills of the Himalayas two weeks
1: ago. In a weird hotel mm-hmm. that was on the fourth floor of, like, a really weird concrete bus station built into the side <laughs> of a mountain. The lower floor was a bus station. The floor above that was a sort of supermarket. And somewhere on the fifth or sixth floor was a small multiplex of three screens that were showing Logan in English and Hindi. So, Logan, cinema... Though. No, no, but what I'm saying is, like, cinema can get to some weird places.
2: But I agree. Like what it's, it, what it's also important it <clears throat> would also be important for is allowing movies that don't necessarily get as wide a release or as often played <clears throat> to get that to more people and widen your audience so earlier on. I, I
1: say I say balance it out then. I yeah. say wait say six weeks and then make it available for like a one time stream rental or like a one time download and watch yeah thing. Yeah. Um <clears throat> but still make it an exclusive. You are watching this once, because otherwise this could kill home video. Based well, on based on where they take it. Home video is already dying off anyway. It is, but there's still this nice monopoly of like Apple TV is sort of where the majority of people are now watching their films and storing their films. Yeah. Those who don't have Apple TV, like myself, are still preferring to grab I, I, the Blu-ray. Yeah. As opposed to the what's digital.
2: off digital with video is. So as I, was, I like having physical media. I'm I'm kind of ambivalent to a lot of physical media, especially because I'm because I live in quite a, a relatively small apartment. So um, when I move to a, to a larger house, that might that might change. I might be able to enjoy that more. But for the moment, I don't have space. But what's keeping me from going digital on films, particularly, is the fact that there's no unified platform. No, you have like to, you it have it to, you have to go across over there. You that on certain devices. It on Amazon is <clears Amazon's throat> probably the most ubiquitous. You can probably play an Amazon movie on as the most devices out of any of them. Yeah, the, the um, only the only thing I
1: own, for example, in this house that you can't have an Amazon app on is my Now TV to- yeah. set-top box. Because obviously they're like, no, we want your money. Well, you
2: get the movie pass and you watch whatever's on Sky Movies. Yeah, that's, but again, that's, that's, the, the, yeah, that's the
1: thing. Yeah. It's like you're separating it. Um I am mean, not even digital downloads I, I occasionally buy a, a Blu-ray that has an ultraviolet on it yet like 34 of my ultraviolet movies are on my Flickster because again you have to have yeah, a different app
2: yeah like it's just all over the place and like well. another two of
1: them you can only watch on my digital movie collections on the websites it's like Goosebumps I have an ultraviolet copy of Goosebumps yeah great little light, great little travel movie an hour and a half kids movie really light really fun love to have that on my iPad can't because I can only access it through the Sony website and my my ultraviolet library on there. It's really fucking weird. Yeah. Plus, in terms of prices nowadays, a lot of the time, physical media is cheaper than digital media. The average price for buying like a movie in HD on iTunes now, which is fucking bonkers. Yeah. With no special features as well. Let me just remind you that no extra yeah, no extra I... content anymore. They used to do it where like you'd buy it and you'd get like three or four videos of extra content. It's like twelve ninety nine, fourteen ninety nine for a new release. Yet if I go to my local supermarket on the week of release. It's probably about twelve ninety nine. Two weeks later, it's like 10, 10 quid.
2: Like I can get
1: this. Lu- fucking... Lucy the other day bought the Titanic Ultra Special Edition for Blu Ray because she had a hankering to watch Titanic. It was like,
2: sure,
0: it's such... on
1: Netflix. You know. Well, she she just like saw it in in Asda, our local <laughs> Asda, and went, oh my god, that's a special edition for um, I think it's like eight quid. Well, they're mm. doing a thing with Blu Rays there at the minute where it's two for ten in a selection. Fuck. So we've wanted to watch the Nice Guys. She picked up the Nice Guys. Yeah, that's just come on Netflix. for ten. <laughs> yeah, but for ten quid. There's two yeah. movies. One of them yeah. is a four-disc, like, big ultra edition. Netflix, yeah, nice goes on Netflix. But, like, now if I want to watch it with commentary and find out what that's Shane cute. Black was thinking. Because that's the other thing. Physical media seems to be the only place now where you can go behind yeah, the scenes. Yeah, you get features. And though. only some companies are still putting them on. Yeah. Which is really depressing. All that shit, which kind of is, is magical and great for encouraging a new generation of movie lovers, is going to go. <clears throat> and, like, movie, a movie lover is born in the cinema, for the most part. Yeah, I think so. You go to the theater as, as a kid and you see something and you go, oh my God, I love this. This was so cool. And just this whole thing is like, that's gonna, this is going to slowly change it. And now I'm hoping like Disney and co hold their ground and go, no, we ain't doing this. I mean, Disney have got another option. Disney, about around the time of the DVD release of a film, if they want, can watch the film on Netflix. Usually they wait until a couple of months after DVD release, don't they? Yeah. So it's like I think... Yeah. Um, Jungle Book is on Amazon, but in America it's on Netflix. Yeah, because like. Disney. And I think we're
2: getting on Netflix soon. Disney. Plus, less states. than a year after it came out, Disney with... in the states have an exclusivity deal with yeah, Netflix. Netflix. So. And like,
1: there's Disney some Netflix. there's some pull of it over here, but it's not like to the level yeah. of over there at the minute where they have like all
2: their TV shows on there and everything. I know Jungle Book is Jungle Book isn't for streaming on Amazon. Yeah.
1: On Amazon. yeah. Um, cause that's the thing. Like renting movies for streaming them again, it's like with that at least you can go. Oh, I'm gonna go into this app or yeah, this yeah. platform. Oh, I'll rent that. But with this, like, people will be using this as an alternative to going to the cinema. Yeah. Which is going to affect the cinema like business. You don't know if this is going to work. yet. And the cinema business. But is then they charge the that toilet. amount. But mo- well, that's the thing, right, though. They like, charge that amount of money for rental. Like for every three people who don't go to see the film in the theaters, one person renting it will make up the cash.
2: Yeah. And but and oh, the studios goodness. getting more of that money because the the cinema isn't taking their already measly cut of yeah. that massive ticket price to yeah. pay for the staffing, which is why cinemas you go to are always understaffed. Hmm. Because the vast majority of that ticket price... Or horrifically price... underpaid. Yeah, yeah, or both. Because yeah. the vast majority of that ticket price goes to um, the movie studio, which is why the food and drink is like a 300% markup or whatever. Yeah.
1: Not, yeah. And because it's at
2: a 300% markup, you don't buy it, so you don't make any money because you're not buying the stuff because it's too expensive. So, that's why the cinema <sighs> toilet is cinema industry. That's
1: why the cinema toilet is, uh.
2: That's why the cinema toilet's an industry. That's why the cinema is in-, in the toilet. The simian industry. So The simian toilet. industry is not toilet train and there's shit everywhere! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, oh, God! But. Well, yeah.
1: At least streaming television offers salvation, right? It does it though? Matthew Watson.
2: Right. I'm going to, I going I'm going to spend too long on this because we've got a bunch of questions.
1: Don't to go too deep into spoilers, but I think it being nearly two weeks since the, yes. the release... No, it came out last Friday. I think it being nearly a week since the release, you can definitely dip into the first seven episodes worth of spoilers, should you desire. Well, I'm fine with that. Listeners, if you're
2: not, don't worry, there's a time code to skip this section to down be the fair, ladder. To be fair, at this <laughs> point, that's all I've seen. That's, no, but that's that's I'm fine. I've not, not had a chance to watch the whole thing yet. No, that's
1: what I'm saying. So you're not spoiling any big revelations no, toward no, the no. end? Well, Just no. sort of... You're spoiling, like, the first couple nights worth of it. If you want to skip, so... there'll be a time code below. But right now, Matthew Watson has returned from Kuhn Lunn, or whatever the hell they pronounce it as in the show, to tell me about the Please Someone Gag Him Iron Fist. Um, is that in the show? Is that in real life? Is it both? We're going to find out.
2: Iron-fisted.
1: Oh! Marvel and Netflix were doing so well. They were doing so well. We got Daredevil. Big so surprise, Big surprise here. Excellent villain. Really Brilliant good. leading man. Wonderful really supporting cast. Nicely paced. Weird little sagging issue around episode 10. we quickly forgotten about as it charges to its finale. Jessica Jones. My God, where has this show been all our Oh, Jessica Jones. Was we're so incredible. glad that the original version of this didn't happen because it means we got this version of Alias, yeah. and it's great. Again, excellent lead. Brilliant villain. Really good supporting cast. Dead Old Series 2, more of the same with a bit more emphasis on the action. Great Punisher. Wonderful Punisher. Best, best screen version of the Punisher, hands down. Great development for the supporting cast. Yeah. Um, again, weird middle pacing issue sort of thing, but ultimately all pays off. Really nice stuff. Luke Cage cultural phenomenon it's a show about a place following one guy and it's also still somehow a superhero show it's it opens people's eyes to so many new things like the yeah. amount of like motown fans and blues fans who will have come out of this like 90s like 90s hip-hop fans who will have basically now started to develop their love of these things because of this show
2: oh it's you is oh, just, <laughs> just like
1: it just it's amazing i think in hindsight, I think Luke Cage is the best of the three so far. Uh,
2: in terms of, like, maybe, it, as a
1: self-contained thing. Yeah, maybe. I think Jessica Jones is amazing, but there's more to that story. Yeah, I think and Jessica I look Jones forward to favorite, seeing more. Fair news. Um She's I think Daredevil, favorite movie, yeah. Daredevil's great, but Series 1 is a build-up. Yeah. Series yeah. 2 isn't quite yet the payoff.
2: Just, it, there's some serious payoff in Season 2.
1: Though. Yeah, I still think the best villains are in... I like, I like Cottonmouth and... Um his name Diamondback but Kingpin and um, Man. and yeah and and, and Kilgrave yeah. are still the better villains so far yeah but all so right. what I'm basically getting at is the final defender has arrived so it's going to be a Kung Fu show starring Iron Fist Danny Rand Plane Crash Raised by Monks taught martial arts becomes one of them comes back has to prove to everyone he's still alive fights crime there's your basic premise Kung Fu with the style and care of the previous three shows and four seasons we've already seen, where could you go wrong?
2: Well, you don't put the style and care of all the previous shows into it for one thing. Like, oh, this is blandly directed, poorly edited. It's we've we've talked about problems before that the Netflix shows have had with a little bit of sag structurally. This has no pacing whatsoever. It just it doesn't seem to be going anywhere. It's spending way too much time on plots that I do not care about. Um, there's all this, because there's all this stuff with Danny trying to get the company back from the Meachams, who took it over after his, 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 him and his family went missing, presumed dead. Um, and of course his parents are dead. Um, his dad's partner, Harold Meacham, took over and then he died and his, his, his children took over, Joy and Ward. I just, I don't care about any of that shit. I mean,
1: you just, you just used seven sentences to describe a business show. Well, A show yeah. about, about Business and and families in business. So you have not yet at
2: all mentioned
1: any superheroics.
2: Minus spoilers minus spoilers for the first six episodes. It turns out <clears throat> Harold Meacham isn't dead.
1: This is the, they, the, the the villain's unquote dad. Yeah,
2: David Wenham. Right. Okay. And um, he's in hiding running the running Rand Corporation through his son who's the only right. person, the only other person who knows he's alive, because he made a deal with the Hand. Okay. Established
1: in Daredevil one and two. Yeah.
2: That they'd bring him back from the dead after he died of cancer if he let them. He if he did stuff for them through Rand Corporation, but he had to stay dead to the public eye. Right. So he lives in hiding in like the penthouse of the Rand building. Okay. Um and is and he's in contact into contact with Ward and he runs Rand through Ward, basically. Um Okay. So then Iron Fist turns up and he's he's uh... So he has to try and get to you, everyone you
1: have yet to mention any superhero-esque stuff. Uh, yes. Yeah, so... This is so very telling right now. So
2: he, he he has to convince people that he's Danny Rand and no one believes that he's Danny Rand. So they put him in a, they put him in a mental institution and he's all like, and then they finally start to believe that he's Danny Rand and he's, and then he starts saying, Oh, and I'm the Iron Fist and I can focus my chi into my hand. And the doctor's like, Well, now I have to keep you in because. You've just told me this story about magical monks in a city that only appears every 15 years and you can do Iron Fist things, but you can't show it to me. So no, I have to keep you in because now I think you're schizophrenic. And then he gets beaten up and then he goes, <clears> I <throat> just like, iron fist his way out of the of the institution. What episode? That's episode, I can't remember. It's early, it doesn't last as long as you think it's going to last. Okay. They don't stretch it out. I was worried they were really going to stretch that out for like half the season. It's Talking only, like, about maybe an episode th- or two. First two or like, three. Just, like the first two, three episodes. It takes that long
1: to get to him. Having a fight, well, slash, then, like, the using thing, his powers. Then after
2: that, he's like, "Oh, I need to. They need to. Then like, oh, we're gonna take you to court then." And it's like, "Oh well."
0: Well, because he beat out. people
2: up in a mental institution. No, because they don't. Because he, they think they true. They like you're not Danny.
1: You're trying to convince us you're Danny so you can take your company back. But then he convinces but...
2: them that he is Danny. But then, so then they offer him a thing, offer him like a settlement, but like way less than he's than he than he's owed, and then um, in. Uh, oh Christ! But then he so then he goes to Jaren Hogarth from um, Jessica, Jessica Jones, Jones Carrie Ann Moss. Who, who, yeah, who used to intern. Who is also Rand.
1: very available for a Matrix. Yes, River. yes. <laughs> uh,
2: she used to intern at Rand, and um, so they go way back. And she's like, "I'll help you fight your corner You know, if you give me give my firm keep my firm on permanent retainer if you win." I, like, oh, I don't care. I don't care. This sounds care. like this sounds like a less exciting version of suits. And also Colleen That's all this sounds like. Colleen wings there and she meets Danny in the park when he first arrives and she's winning a dojo and she's got some stuff going on, clearly, and then she tells off one of her students for fighting for money, and then she goes and fights for money and becomes like a cage fighting, underground cage fighting person, and then she starts helping Danny out, and there's attraction between them and sexual free son. and know oh, she's training Claire Temple, and she turns up for a little bit, and someone gets injured, so they have to get Claire to fucking to- 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 p- patch him up, and to- to- on the sly, and... I- 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 I it sounds like... It care. sounds like... I don't not care. Not much really and happens. And not much is happening, no. But like the hand of vaguely threatening and they're starting to bring heroin in through the city and then the serpent symbol from the first of the Daredevil. Madame Gao. Madame Gao's Gow. Madam in it. Is she the main villain? I guess so far she's probably the main villain. Oh, are they going to
1: pull Luke Cage and whip out a main villain in the last uh, couple of episodes? Well, I
2: don't know. I don't know whether... They... There's just not enough action in this show and what action there is is really... Really poorly done. There's one episode which is like a mini tournament where Danny has to fight three different fighters hmm. so we can secure the release of a hostage from the hand from Madame Gao. And he fights like two. The only indication we've had of bringing anything from the comics in this is that one of the people is Bride of Nine Spiders, right? She's never named as such. Okay. Um, but you see her, when she gets invited to the tournament, she's in a lab working on spiders. Right. And the room number on the door is BS09. Oh, no, B0S9. So. No, B09S. <laughs> Spider nine, Spider <laughs> she's Spider. inside number nine. Yes, she's um, inside number nine. Um, so, what? Yeah, but then that fight's okay. terrible because she, like, she just poisons him and then tries to seduce him, and then he kicks her. What? And then, <laughs> and I, it's just... Yeah. Sorry, what? And he keeps having trouble focusing his chi to do the Iron Fist thing. You so mean his he... journey, this
1: series, is by the end of the series, he'll be able to do the Iron Fist. No, he
2: can do the Iron Fist, but he keeps, like, it's inconsistent. And there's like, and there's like, well, show me, and people are like, well, show me the Iron Fist. And he's like, well, I can't, I'm, I'm full of all these psychiatric drugs. I'm like, show me the Iron Fist, Well, I can't, I just did it, it brings my chi. And it's just like oh, Finn, no. Finn Jones is this. Oh and it's kind of awkward because I, I kind of, sort of, but not really know Finn Jones. I know him through people. I'm, not, I'm not mates with him. Really you are not people. judging the man. You are judging the performance of this yes. particular show. Uh, I don't. He's not great in this. He's really not great in this. He's just like some, like, blonde entitled rich boy douchebag who's taken on a bunch of,
0: um
2: like, a bunch of Easternism, Eastern spirituality, and it looks like it's all from the back of, like, a fucking yoga book. He looks like some yoga douche, basically.
1: Again, the promo but shots it's, of him it's... Just sort of
2: flexing and looking scrawny, it's like, what and is this? I, I, I can't tell whether the action that is in the show, whether the fights are... Just poorly shot or edited, or poorly choreographed, or poorly performed, because it's just a bit. And, and they're having to just edit around that. I think there's one, an article I saw which is like, this fight is th- like 35 seconds long and has over 100 cuts. Christ. It's, it's ridiculous. It's not good at all. It looks cheap in a way that the other Netflix shows have not looked. Um, Jessica Henrick is great as Colin Wing. Until the whole forced romance with Danny comes in. And it, I don't buy any of it. And it just it doesn't feel right. For the character. That she's playing at the start of the season. I don't. It just doesn't go anywhere worth. It's just, it's just <laughs> boring man. And I've got to finish it. So we can talk about it. And also because. I'm hoping it might get better. And I kind of like Iron Fist. But I don't think we're going to get a costume. They keep talking about Shaolo the Undying. But I will be. Fucking astonished if we see anything re- resembling a flashback to him fighting Shaolow the Undying. I I've and been plunging his hands into his molten heart. I've been
1: told that somewhere in the show is a flashback to another character
2: wearing what looks like the Iron Fist costume, we know. There has been some shots in an episode of he keeps seeing um the Thunderer, is his sensei. Right. From from Kunlun. Yeah. Um and is he and in, like, like, having a big collar with and a bandana? And no, stuff but or... he's in the robes with like which are like dark green with a yellow trim. So that'll be it then, um, pretty much. That's the colours of the Cumberland monks. Is the, is the Luke, Luke
1: Cage did that in the way where it gave you that, the glimpse of the old school costume with him coming out of the lab. But also, but like, from the defenders' press shots, we see that he's in like the new Avengers era yellow yeah, t-shirt. Yeah, in the two thousands, so
2: Luke Cage hasn't really had a costume. He's always he's sort of a, he's, he's like
1: a sort of a semi-color scheme. Yellow yeah. take yellow is there somewhere. They'll
2: go yellow now and again if they want to, like take a link back to the original costume. But for the most part, he's just in like jeans and t-shirts or jeans. Whereas Iron
1: Fist has a very distinct costume that
2: they have variants of. and it's been it's been updated like the most recent Power Man and Iron Fist series, which I love and I've talked about on this podcast mm-hmm. before. Um, has him in like a tracksuit version of it. Yeah, where it's like a tracksuit with stripes down the side, like an Adidas tracksuit. Yes, yeah. and it's like I think dark. I can't tell if it's I can't tell if it's just the colouring; it looks black or dark purple. Yeah, with the yellow iron fist and the yellow stripes down the side, and it looks fucking awesome. He's wearing like Reebok trainers and shit,
1: which makes he's sense. a martial he's artist. Just got the mask. Like that's great; that like, works really like well. With bandana
2: tied around his face, but. Yeah, Guy doesn't wear a mask yet in any of this shit. No costume, no... But he doesn't really do any superheroics. Like, he just... he. Uh... He's basically... The story is,
1: entitled man shows up from unplanned vacation, going, where's my money and my company?
2: Yeah, kind of.
1: And some business people go, oh, we don't want to pay him.
2: Oh, it is him. I and guess then, we'll like, have to pay him. As soon as he gets on the board and starts getting his credits, he starts. he starts... Making Demand is like, "Oh no, this new drug you can't sell it at a profit. You gotta sell it at cost so we can help people." And all oh, this plant we have, yeah, it abides with all our safety laws, but it might be making people sick. So we're gonna shut it down and keep everyone on payroll. It's just like, and then the, and then the board end up getting where I'm up to at the moment. The the rest of the board are like, "Well, fuck this," and they oust Demetrius and Danny. So, like, well, that was fucking. If they could do that, then what was the fucking point in the first place?
1: First seven episodes of Daredevil, we discover what Matt's capable of. We hear about this boogeyman, this We've man pulling the strings. we hallway, hallway, with hallway fight. fight. episode two. We're terrified of Fisk before we even know who he is because we see what people do to keep There him, is a hallway Because that's become a bit of a thing, hasn't it? It's the not hallway very good. Fight. It's not a very good fight. Oh,
0: shit.
1: Shit. Jessica Jones, first seven episodes. We get to know her. She's fucking likeable as hell. Like, she's mm. brilliant. We get to suggestions of Kilgrave. We're terrified to meet him. We meet him. He's weirdly charismatic. But oh shit, there is a definite present danger here. The story develops. We meet Luke Cage. Like that. Luke Cage, first seven episodes, is pretty much the entirety of Cottonmouth's story. Yeah. Which is fucking gripping. Yeah, yeah. Like, we get to know Luke better. We get to learn about Misty Knight. Like you there is a great
2: cliffhanger of him getting shot
0: and yeah.
1: being hurt
2: for the first time in god knows how long.
1: It's like it's that shit happens. Yeah. It's Daredevil series two, Elektra, the hand first rock up. The first story arc, about like, the first four episodes, is about the Punisher. Like mm. shit happens in these shows. So like not much shit happening. happens in Iron Fist.
2: It's just I I think there are moments that are supposed to be like those big moments, but I just don't care about anything that's going on, so they're falling really flat.
1: It looks so do you, cheap. do you think they've got the balls to end it with a flashback to
2: him punching a freaking dragon? No, I don't. I I really don't. So, I'm going to I'm going to get it, through it all before next week's episode, but isn't it weird though? Cuz I don't know about you hearing about this while i was on my travels.
1: This has made me slightly less excited for Defenders. Yeah. Which is weird cuz it shouldn't because for Elements in that that I, I I love, like are pretty that out of the five elements, like in terms of four characters, five characters. Sigourney Weaver's gonna be playing a villain. That alone makes me go, okay. Yeah. Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Daredevil, yes. Iron Fist, hmm. But it seems so odd that they drop the ball now. On technically, you know, their fifth season. I Netflix. feel like
2: this one was the most difficult for them to get to work out what it was about, and I because even I don't think they even worked out what it was about by the time they started making it. Because they they even feel like it's even Agents of
1: Shield starts out simple enough. It's kind of simple. It's sort of dull because of how simple it is. And then by like the thirdish season, they start really experimenting with it. Well, the and second it, and it's winning season, people over. Like that, the, the second season, has season like, I
2: think was the strongest because they did a real about turn. And oh. focus really heavily on the inhuman stuff and that was a really strong theme yeah, yeah. line for the whole season.
1: Yeah. And but but then really like well. after that they split the seasons into like three yeah. three chunks. But then again that, that at least that's offering the variety. Like yeah. maybe maybe yeah. you're not enjoyed the Agent of Shield yet, but we've got a Ghost Rider story out. Come and join us for that. Maybe you're not loving Agent of Shield, hey, don't worry about it. We've got a Hydra story. Do you know what I mean? Like they're getting people in stuff like that. Mm. Um so at least with there they're going, Okay, that didn't work for everyone. We'll try this one now. We'll try this one. But you know, Whereas with this, it's like, they've it's been, just, so, they've been so careful with how they do it all. It's really
2: disappointing. It's, it's so really weird, upsetting. man. Like, it's just, I was really looking forward to Wine Fist. It'd mm-hmm. be like a great Kung Fu show. And he's a really cool character who's not had his moment in the limelight. And just, it's not. Oh, cool. he, he
1: ain't getting a second series. They wouldn't take that risk. No. I, they'll, I, they'll, I think, keep, they'll keep him any future Defenders
2: projects. I think depending on what his chemistry is like with Mike Coulter. In the defenders, they might put win. him in I Luke think, Cage yeah. two. If Luke Cage series two is heroes higher, then yeah, let's go for that. But because that's what happened with the with the oh, original Lion Fist, could Fist. Imagine and... if
1: Luke Cage series two was just Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Misty Knight, mm. and Colleen Wing, just kicking ass and taking mm. names. That'd be amazing. Mm. Even if he's not very good, that's three again. Three out of four amazing. Oh, Jessica Evans. Henwick
2: is 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 the standout star of this show, hands down. Um, She's fucking great. But then when bring on all the all the love interest stuff with Danny and he just falls flat. Uh,
1: Stanley, has he still cameoed? as that picture of the police superintendent
0: on the back wall? There's point? A
2: cameo in there, but I've kind of. I've The show's so dull, I've been doing other stuff while I've been watching it. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, I've never done with any of the Marvel shows before. Oh, God. That says so much. So I'm just like, I'm not even paying full attention to it. So I just don't care. I was for like the first three episodes, but then after that, I was just like. I don't really care about this shit anymore.
1: With all the previous ones bar Luke Cage, because I think I was working on something when Luke Cage dropped. Yeah. With all the previous ones bar Luke Cage, I conveniently wasn't in work or wasn't working at that moment. So Daredevil 1, Jessica Jones, and Daredevil 2, I binged them in one day. Yeah, yeah. And I regret nothing. I
2: binged them all relatively quickly. I didn't do one day for any of them because I just didn't have time.
1: Luke Cage, I wanted... um, yeah, Luke Cage, I wanted to, but circumstances meant that I couldn't, so I watched it over a couple of nights.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: it's just making me want to go back and watch this again. I have no urge to watch Iron Fist at the moment, and it's really weird. I'm going to give episode one a go. Give it, you should give it at least so a bit least get, get it next tony. week, so
2: we can talk about it a bit more. But... But,
1: but I'm also in that place now where, like, we always we always try to be fair about everything we talk about here on the on, on the podcast by giving it a go. But also, like... Even class. I think you... yeah. <laughs> But also, you've kind of taken the bullet on this one. Yeah, yeah. And I'm almost wondering whether or not I should just focus on something else.
2: It's better than class. It's really... Like, it's well, It's not as insultingly bad as that, but it is... Dis- yeah, but can you is... laugh at it like you can class? Mm, no, not really. <laughs> like It's just like, oh, that's a weird decision. Why have you done that? That's a weird edit. Wow, this fight looks messy. I am Give it a go. Give what? it a go just to see what you think, but I, do. <laughs> I'm not in love with it at all. And that's made me really sad.
1: An iron fist with a limp
2: wrist. Yeah, kind of. Mm. That's the episode title. That is the episode Um, title right there. An (laughs) iron fist with a limp wrist. Let's, let's get through this question mountain. Yes, you guys have been sending us a bunch of shit. This is from back before you left because we've not been able to get through all of them. So we're going to jump right back to the end of February. And we're going to take a question from Mitchell. Mitchell says, Hi, Chris and Matt. As ever, thank you so much for answering my question. It was interesting to hear how your classic Doctor Who collection has come along, along, Matt. It isn't coming along. I think you may have misunderstood me. Mine is now complete and sits comfortably alongside my new Who collection, and having all Doctor Who there feels really good. Yeah,
1: speaking of which, listen to this, listeners. Listen to this. Do you hear this? Do you hear that? Oh, cardboard. Cardboard going off metal. Steel, one might say. What's this? Oh, Oh. Yeah. Oh, the time vortex just came out of it. You just listened to the physical opening of the series one Blu-ray set. Yeah, it looks real nice. In Steelbook, it's pretty. It looks real nice. I, you know what? I would, I would gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today. But also, if all my Who DVDs magically vanished and I still just had this, I'd be fine with that. Yeah,
2: I'd be cool yeah. with that. Um, anyhow, now anyway, now to my question. So, get your reluctant pants on. It's Chris. It's time to reluctantly answer a Doctor Who question as two lifelong Doctor Who fans. How would you describe the Tom Baker era of Doctor Who as a whole? Pretty freaking good. Um, as a whole, pretty fricking good. As a, as a lovely as, it, a, as a rusty bungalow. Yeah, it's 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 <laughs> seven, no, it's, it's seven it's seven
1: years of mostly brilliant material.
2: Yeah, it's it's almost perfect. Yeah, but it takes a wibble towards the end. Yeah. I think I think season eighteen actually brings it back a lot because it gets weird and a bit darker mm. and it's got. Even though Douglas Adams wasn't working on the show at that point, it's got a bit more of an Adamsian feel to it. I yeah, think it's def- definitely the less than impression on the show. Yeah, and I think the way it ends <clears throat> with Keeper of Trap Legop- and Logopolis is two quite dark, hmm. high concept stories. And Lagopolis has got this wonderful sort of funereal feel for the whole <laughs> thing. Oh, you just feel like something weird's gonna happen. Um, but then, yeah, you go back to the earlier time. It's like all oh, the horror pastiches of the uh, the Hinge Cliff era. It's just yeah, it's like, really it's really strong. You got Robots of Death? What's was a dare? Genesis of the Daleks. Genesis of the Dalai X. Of no, the what's? Dalai X. Ark in Space. Oh, everyone knows how much I love the Wirren at this point.
0: I know. <laughs> it's um, the Wirren. The
2: majority of the Talons of Wing Chiang. Yeah. yeah. Apart from the Yellow Peril stuff, which is a bit weird. Deadly in Assassin. The, the yellow face. Deadly Assassin. Deadly Assassin. Horror of Fang Rock. Very good, very, very good. It's freaking great. Very, very good. It has a green blob as the villain. It's great. There's
1: <laughs> um, just there's just so much to love in in his era and some of the best companions as well. And I so, think in, you know,
2: and Tom is just so wonderful to watch. He, yeah, even in some of the even poor, the Sonic
1: Screwdriver can't help me this time. Even the bad like, why stories. is he looking down the barrel of the camera? Why not? He's Tom Baker. He's Tom Baker.
2: <laughs> even the bad stories have like Tom moments that are mm. worth watching or just. This, there's there's just a, a reason, campy charm. There's to a it.
1: reason after the show's supposed death, he was the only doctor that like pop culture would reference because he was the one who made the most impact, and it's because of not just because of him, but it's because of his stories and the
2: characters surrounding him and everything. Yeah, Tom Baker iconic. In the actual sense of the word. Uh, Tom Monty (laughs) has sent us a... Tom
1: Monty! Ha (laughs) ha!
2: A long list. A long list of of questions. Ah, Tom Monty. Based on what
1: these are, you can stay.
2: Regeneration-themed questions this week. You don't have to spend too long on each question, considering the amount of them. Bye, Jing. So get your reluctant pants on again. Why did you take them off? We weren't finished. (laughs) Um... I just like to be free. What would you like Twelve to be wearing when he regenerates? Nothing.
1: A smile. <laughs> a goddamn smile. What do you
2: think will be 12's last words? Oh, thank God. Um,
1: it wasn't my fault. It was Stevens. Um, as he disappears into a blaze of light.
2: Do you think we'll see
0: Clara? Triple, a- I've changed
2: my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to go. Uh, it's do- me, isn't it? <laughs> Do you think we'll see Clara make an appearance in his final moments? Please God, no. Uh, yeah, please God, no. Please God, um, no. Do you think Azbil will be present during his regeneration? I would assume so. I hope she's not um, only the
1: cause of it. I hope she ends up as part of it as well. Yeah. She, I yeah. don't. I haven't even met her, and I'm annoyed by her.
2: Do you think Nadal will be present during his regeneration? Kind of. Nadal's the watcher. Um, <laughs> you heard it here. Yeah, oh, the moment has been prepared for. <laughs> 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 what colour do you think Capaldi's regeneration rays will be I don't know what do you think I am Nostradamus like No, no, no. Nostradamus you big girls um, do you think it will be a drawn out regeneration like Eccleston or Tennant, or do you think it will be about the god off Matt Smith when he sneezes and then he's 13 Um, probably drawn out. out. Eckerson's not drawn out. It 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 takes 20 seconds. Yeah, like, it's it's beautiful. It's no, they're no more drawn out than any of the fucking classic generations, I'll tell you that. Smith's is Um, drawn out. He gets refreshed. Yeah. Goes
1: and has fish fingers and custard. And then has the time to take off his bow tie, hallucinate his first companion, smile away a bit. It's like, what? Um,. Uh, I, I hope, I, I like how quick the actual, I think he's talking about the physical, like, Yeah, beam. yeah, yeah. I, I liked how quick it was with Matt Smith, because it was different. Which all like, the regenerations had been. I do up to like that, the big up
0: regeneration up the race, though. I do. let's that. have some crucifix I
1: do, but he's in a new life cycle. Oh. So let's try something a bit flashy Oh, in. so
2: they'll do, they'll do a re reader of the, of the Hartnell to Troughton, uh, <laughs> do you know
1: what? I kind of want that because I want it to annoy people who get annoyed easily by like the Doctor Who stuff. Yeah. I want whoever it is to regenerate, I want it to regenerate into them and they're already in their costume just like the Heartless Trouton. And I want it to annoy people who are easily annoyed.
2: I want every, yeah. That'd definitely. be hilarious. Uh, what villain do you Separate think... the wheat from the humilus. What villain <laughs> do you think will be responsible for Twelve's demise or do you think he will be responsible for his own death?
1: It's gonna be Missy,
2: probably. Yeah, probably. All oh, the
1: Mondasian Cybermen. Oh, yeah, that happened while we were away.
2: Tenth Planet reference.
1: They announced that it's called the, well, I don't know if it's been announced, but it was rumored that the episode's called the Twelfth Planet. Oh, God. Um, I just, oh, God. I saw that promo image of him, and I was like, I like that he's getting to at least face off against his yeah. favorite monster in his last season. But I don't think this is going to be a good story because it's I think it's he's... Missy
2: and an army of Cybermen again. I think he will be. I think he will be responsible for his own death because I think he'll see what he's become of them and take his own goddamn life. Am I a good man? Get me out of this show, for God's sake! Am I a good man? I think the question is: Are you a good doctor? Which of the following do you think should not be replaced for Thirteen's first series, and why? TARDIS screwdriver companion. I personally want them all replaced. I think we'll probably replace them all because I think we'll probably make a fresh start.
1: Yeah. In fact, I'd say ditch the screwdriver. I don't care about the oh, yeah. I don't care
2: about the merchandising. Just ditch it. ditch it. Just ditch it. Use clever writing again. Oh, and sorry I forgot about this question, separate email. Uh yeah. so I hope you don't mind if I sneak it in anyway. Do you think Missy still hears the sound of drums? If not, why do you think Mafac got rid of it? Don't you think it hurts the show's continuity? Do you like the sound of drums storyline anyway? Thanks, Tom Mante. Continuity! <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's funny because he oh, think they give
2: a shit God. about continuity. Continuity. Montinuity. Tom, Tom, Montinuity. Tom, no one, no one working on that show gives a fuck about the continuity of it. So don't worry yourself about it.
1: I I always interpreted the sound of drums as something he heard as a child. It was implanted in his head. It didn't follow him then. And then in that incarnation, it's suddenly like the, the, the thing you want. It's important again because it was coming up to the incarnation who would hear it. Because that's what it turned out to be. It was a message from the Time Lords telling him how to bring them back. Yeah. So it was all planned. Like, Delgado wasn't, didn't hear the drums. Like, you know what I mean? In his yeah. first, in, in John Simms' first story, Derek Jacoby John Simms' first story, you go like, oh, is this a thing they've just never mentioned before? But then at the end of time, it's made clear that no, it is for this specific incarnation at this specific part of his life. Yeah. So no, I don't think Missy hears the drums. I think Missy just hears whatever the fuck she wants to hear. the Drum
2: stuff is fine. I think um,
1: Missy hears Michelle Gomez in the back of her co- in the back of her consciousness, going, "I am so great. Why am I doing this shit?" Mm, um. Yeah. Eh.
2: Yeah. Uh, there sure. went the drums. Moffat, Moffat got rid of it because he didn't like because he, he didn't write. He didn't, it. Like he didn't like the master. He didn't like the master. He did not like the master. Um. He was reluctant to ever do
1: anything with the master.
2: So yeah, I yeah it's. Yeah.
1: It, so he made the master into a Moffat villainess
2: also continuity issue about time travel goes out the window anyway so don't worry about it they didn't why should you well it does the moment you start um, referencing
1: itself again like that's where the Eccleston series works because it doesn't fill itself re- Eccleston series I think we get a sideways reference to Davros king of his king of his own little world yeah and we see an old Cyberman head in Van Staten's museum there you go done <laughs> I mean that's all you need done
2: do You don't need much. That's
1: how you do continuity, folks. You don't mm. keep pillaging your past. Stupid.
2: Um, stupid, 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 stupid,
1: stupid. Jacob. Hello, Jacob. Jacob. Uh, Jacob. Hello, you big Restions. damn... ...Cockers.
2: Wait, what did you call us? The big damn cockers? Get out, Jacob. <laughs> That's our word. You don't use that word. Next email. No, you can call us out um. uh, well, I forced <laughs> myself to watch the first episode of Class Again. It's still shite. Why? Uh, as a result of this, I decided to watch an actually good movie. So I watched Fellowship of the Ring. It's a ruddy good film. Uh, I don't think it's the best Lord of the Rings movie, but it's still a good film. What's your guys' favourite Lord of the Rings movie? I'm sure we've answered this before. Uh, I think we have Two Towers. Two Towers, yeah. Um, are you guys excited for Logan personally? I just hope it's the best and last X-Men movie. Uh, we were excited for Logan. We did see it. It is the best X-Men movie. It, it won't be the last seriously um, I'm more excited for Spider-Man Homecoming because Spider-Man is the best superhero ever, yes. And Tom Holland is the best Spider-Man we've ever had so far. It's kind of ironic because I'm terrified of spiders, but then Spider-Man is my favourite superhero. Hey, would Spider-Man still be your favourite superhero if he had eight limbs and shot webs from his butt? Uh, <laughs> before I get onto Doctor Who questions, does the X-Files rank on your top ten favourite TV shows? Yes, it does. If it is, what number does it rank? I don't know. I haven't ranked them. And also, I just realised who would be an excellent master. Charles Dance would be a brilliant master. Possibly would. Who's who's um, that? Charles Dance.
1: Um,
2: he's certainly menacing. I don't know. He would have
1: been. He would have been a, have been a yeah. perfect master to put up against a decent Capaldi doctor. Yeah, maybe. Because it would have been the whole like two battered old soldiers yeah. like once yeah. again sort of butting heads. You would have had that non-Moffatian. Sherlock Holmes and Doctor Moriarty kind of thing going on, like Pertwee and Delgado had back in the day. Yeah, but uh, no, no, master. I don't know. No, I, I, I think, I think, carry Missy over into the next Doctor, give her one good, really good story under a new pair of eyes, because we're not going to get Capaldi. May as well hmm. see what she could do. I quite like under the a good... of
2: Missy, and I quite like Michelle Gomez. so
1: I thought, I still think she should be called the Master. She's the Master. Like she is the Master. Yeah, I for, couldn't keep calling myself Master. Now could yeah, you Could yeah, you're yeah the Master. It yeah, it's you your Time be... Lord. Like it's your nickname you've given yourself. It's your evil title, the Master.
2: Yeah, but I just think Master
1: it's, is genderless.
2: It's just um,
1: Mistress is, has a gender. Master
2: is genderless. is genderless. I don't think it is genderless though.
1: You're a master of your trade, whether you're male or female. No. We respond to the Master.
2: Now for Doctor Who questions. <laughs> um, what you What would your ideal autumn story be? Um, Spirit from Space exists. Yeah, it, it, we don't... terribly the Autons already exists. I, mean,
1: I would like to see... There's a 10th Doctor novel called Autonomy set in an Australian shopping uh, centre in the near future Yeah, with all these black mannequins that sort of like... sort of liquid kind of... sort of like the Terminator 2 version of Autonomy. Yeah. Auton. I would like to see that. Something like that would be cool. A self-contained Auton story would be nice. Yeah. Because we haven't had any uh, since... Terror of the Autons
2: yeah, pretty just much an Auton story at this point yeah because
1: like, in Rose they were back, Rose, they were backdrop and that made sense for them to be backdrop and they worked really well as backdrop and then we got Plastic Romans which works as a really neat twist when you first watch Pandora Croakens. you're like oh shit they're Autons yeah like that works really well um, but we've not had an Auton story just an Auton story man Yeah, just, just a story. basic monster thing 45 minutes oh, screw it give them a two part
2: it. murderous toys oh Toys oh now, right. well nowadays because like toys are less prominent, and also because t- you could electronic do it, you toys could, are more common,
1: you could do, but you could sort of find a way to hybridise all that sort of shit. Yeah. Or period, set it, set it a bit further back. Set it in the eighties, set it in the eighties during like the big action figure boom. Yeah, that'd be so cool. Imagine Transformers just suddenly turning on the kids and trying to kill them.
2: I do.
0: i will be a meat. Oh god, all the time. How do you sleep um, at night? I, I don't. You just stare at your desk.
2: Can't, can't sleep
0: clearly S- will me. Stash, me. <laughs> um, how would you feel if... You're
2: Lego... spoiling my like
0: <laughs> Ow! My foot! Um, <laughs> how would you
2: feel if Lego released blind bags containing each Doctor person in their bank account would be empty? Um, I'd feel cheated, personally. I've got all of them.
1: Yeah. I have the Capaldi... Um, Lego Dimensions figure yeah. every got... time he dies he turns into the next chronological one I've got virtual versions of all of them yeah. um, and also I've, I spent ages doing the fucking blind bag character options ones I've got at least I've got Hartnell Pertwee I think uh, Tom Peter real time style Colin uh, McGann Chris David and Matt so I've got eight of the, uh nine of them I'm fine with that I don't want to spend loads of money getting the rest of them I'm I'm having more fun randomly going. Oh look, Zodiac! Oh look, Joker in prison outfit. Than yeah. I ever would trying to track down all the Doctors in blind bags.
2: Yeah, but I'm not a huge fan of blind bag toys. One of
1: the characters' best-selling things in terms of their character building range was the Eleven Doctors set that they did, where they just did that little tiny version yeah, of the yeah. big action figure set, with the character options, uh, the character building figures. That was a great. That was a People big seller. A shit, yeah. So if Lego did that, fair enough. Mm. Why not? Um, but mm. since PT- I'd rather, I'd rather. Sorry, I'd rather buy oh oh mmm smell like cherries <laughs> um oh thank you Steelbook Season 1 since
2: since since we're Peter... not
1: sponsored but if BBC Worldwide would like to send us a load of Steelbook Season ones to just turn into a duvet
2: that'd no, be amazing we, we'd be YouTube videos about them though. um since Peter is leaving oh, will get into that do you think that Asbill should leave at the same time as yeah. Peter yes
1: I think she's um, leave before
2: well we haven't seen it yet she might be good it's um, like a
1: kitchen! Get out of my show. You're like a kitchen. Get out of my show. What would
2: you think of an animated spin-off where the Daleks invaded the United and Doctors 4 to 8, played by their respective actors, uh, uh, they had to stop them?
1: Too elaborate. However, I would not say no to an animated one-off of some kind featuring a previous Doctor. That yeah. would be a lot of fun. That'd be fun. I, still, I still want to see that animated series that was been banding around for years. Whether we're going to do, like, yeah. a different, same two companions, but a different Doctor each series. Yeah. joining them. And then all the Hartnell, um, preview, work, uh, preview artwork and like the, the, the Mondasian style Cybermen. And it's like, I would watch the shit out of that. Yeah. I would watch the ever loving shit out of
2: that. I'd go for some mate, Doctor Who. Do, do them got- as DVD movies. Yeah. That'd be great. Just like 12 DVD movies. Just making better than Dream World. Yes. Um, lots of love. Great script. Terrible animation. Lots of love, Jacob, sent from my iPod. <laughs> um, that's nice. You change your Lots of love from us, sent from our mouths. Sam. Johnson! I give you air from my lungs. <sighs> uh, says, hello, big damn adults. Hello, boy! I have, I have reluctantly sent three big damn Doctor Who questions for you to answer. No class questions due to BBC 3 slash 1's class being a big heap of stinking shite! I love how the
1: word shite is spreading. My first. Like butter. My
2: first. Well, it does if it's warm enough. My first question is, in The Doctor's Wife, the 2005-2010 TARDIS with the secondary control room, but would you like it to be the permanent secondary control room when the TARDIS trio can't use the main one?
1: Uh, I don't
2: want uh, there to be a secondary control room, oh, because it wasn't, it was archived. I watched it recently for
1: Time Team. Um, it wasn't the secondary control room, but but they use it sort of as like a, as like a... it's not it's not like the wooden console room yeah. from Tom's era. It's just, she archived the old ones just in case, just in case yeah, he needs them, in including ones that he's not gonna, he's not picked yet. Like they're apparently archived too. Excellent. Which I like. Yeah. Um Uh I I don't want it to be a second one. I just want there to be a nice cool TARDIS console room again. I sort of miss the colours now. Yeah. Like I like I've enjoyed the Smith to Capaldi one. It definitely
2: feels too cold. Yeah,
1: now. it remind it's like a kitchen. Oh, um no. the problem is it reminds me now too much of that era and I kind of I kind of as horrible as it sounds I sort of miss the oranges and the greens. Yeah, I
2: think it needs a warmer colour scheme and a bit a, a blue,
1: give us some blue.
0: Kind
2: of, the blue's too cold. No, no, but make sure the costumes of your characters
1: are no longer blues and blacks. Yeah. Give us some nice, vibrant blue for the inside of the TARDIS console room. Give us some colour. Yeah, it's, like, it's like, a, like, the, like the blue you're currently wearing—that kind of blue.
0: Mm. So that
1: like, you know, it's not dark. It's just sort of ooh, like blues and blues and oranges.
2: This is a lovely blue, and I do. Look at look the opposite lovely, end of the colour wheel. They'll, they'll, so.
1: they'll play with our heads.
2: There's too much blue and orange in media at the moment.
1: Look at that. I mean you say that, but right next to you there's a Suntan bottle that's blue and orange. It's blue and yellow. Blue well,
2: and yellow, blue, blue and yellow, blue, it's, it's and, blue and yellow. It's blue and mango. Um <laughs> my second question is have you seen any of the BBV slash real-time pictures, Doctor Who spin-offs like Downtime with the Brigadier and Kate Stewart and Shakedown AK, the one where is a sexually assaulting Santarin, if I'm correct. I, I have, have seen not Autumn. I have seen the, I, I've seen the numerous ads for them in Doctor Who magazine. Yeah, because you can, like, still, the years. you can still
1: order them, I think, in some well, places. I remember
2: seeing the ads for them first time round. Um How how old are you? It's too old. Um shouldn't you be dead by so now? I know I've never <laughs> I've a, dark. I should be dead by now. But no, I've Don't never die I've never actually seen hope. any of them.
1: I've seen autumn. It's not great. <laughs> <laughs> um But at the same time, considering what it was when it came out, it's kind of brilliant in that, yeah, it's like they would never get any more Doctor Who. So here's stories set within the world. That was kind of cool. Yeah. Because the basic premise of Auton is that the the uh, Nestine sphere from Spared from Space reactivates in a storage facility and brings to life a dormant mannequin that they also collected for, for archiving. So it's basically an Auton
2: escaped base kind of thing it's Auton from the United of Doctor Who.
1: but it's also really weird because these older story, these older, the older ones in the 90s star a lot of modern writers actor friends so Mark Gatiss did some I think pseudonym <laughs> writing on a couple of these and as such cast one of his um, college slash comedy friends in it so Reece Shearsmith is in I think Auton too.
2: Oh, brilliant. And it's really weird when you think about it because
1: you're looking at these people who do great work. Going, I, I, I respect them. I mean, they were fan films before fan films, really. Like, in terms of the fan films that we know now, where people just make them 80, 50, 85 of them a day and put them on the internet. Yeah. Like, these were full productions that went onto VHS that you had to order. Yeah. And they had the blessings of the individual, like, alien creators and things like that saying, yeah, you can use them, go for it. Like, you can use them.
2: No one um, else is going to. Yeah,
1: so I respect them, but I ain't tracking them down. In terms of it maybe one day we'll pull one out of a bargain bin maybe and talk about it. Maybe one day we will, but uh not right re- now, son. Not
2: whilst there's new
1: shit to sift through. And my
2: last question is this: in this sack of questions, I do love a good sack. Don't you? Is what do you think about the TV movie? I like, I like it. It's shit, but it's not very good. But it's there's a right. lot of nice
1: stuff in there. Paul's great. Sylvester's lovely. Eric Roberts is laughable but entertaining. Um Daphne Ashbrook's great. Yeah. Um, the TARDIS looks glorious. Yes, it does.
0: Um, I don't think the very music's good, nice, but I quite
1: enjoy it. Yeah.
2: Oh, da da my da 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 I'd um, love it if people could somehow write that in a way where we hear it. But then we got another one from Sam.
1: Not Sam. I never forgave him for that last
2: email. Hello, big damn people. What? Here are my second sack of questions in my second email to you. Sam, you're greedy. But so am I. My first question Bring is, them on. is, do you prefer Doctor Who comic books or Big Finish? <laughs> I
1: currently I think it depends when you're catching me in my life. Um I currently prefer the Titan comic books. Yeah. Because I don't know, I just like I like knowing that there was more to what we saw of 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 Chris and David and Matt. I've not read much Capaldi. The Capaldi books from what I've seen they are beautifully illustrated. Rachel Stock does excellent work on the look of those books. But I just don't like Clara enough to really want to read them. Um, yeah, I, I like the comics. They feel like the TV show. They they sort of feel like a slightly even though a lot of the writers are British, they feel like a slightly Americanized version of the TV show in a good way. Yeah, if that makes yeah, any yeah. sense. Um, I, I dig them a lot. Uh, if you'd asked me two years ago, I would have been like Eighth Doctor Big Finish. But I think the comics are sort of my bag now.
2: How about you? I don't really dive into either on a regular basis, but. If if you held a gun to my head, I'd I'd, I'd, I'd rather give a go of, of the comic books. That is. Um. My my second question is that have you heard the big finish release in the ninth Doctor Chronicles without the main man himself? Well, I have now. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard about this. Um. Eh, eh, eh. eh. It's eh. just, it's just. Eh. They just have to pump out so much stuff. You know. I would rather. I would rather
1: quality than quantity. That's not yeah. to say that what they're making is bad because I haven't paid enough attention to it in recent years. But they'd
2: rather quantity than quality.
1: Yeah, well, I don't. I don't, I don't think that's their objective, but it's an inevitable result. Yeah, of, of making so much, so much stuff. So much. I mean, Jago and Lightfoot appearing in a story is a fun novelty. Jago and Lightfoot having a box set's a fun novelty. Jago and Lightfoot entering their, like fourteenth season—that yeah. is ridiculous. Come on. Um, Come on. That being said, if the likes of employers as voice actors, hi. Um, um, but you know, it, it's just, uh, you know, I, I know who's it has been confirmed for it. Camille Jory, I think Noel Clark's been confirmed for one. Possibly. Which is odd for me. Um, I just know, like props to Nick Briggs for all the good he does. But at the same time, I just don't want to hear Nick Briggs filling in. I, I don't want that. Um, Billy Piper apparently accidentally spilt the beans that she's doing a box with David Tennant. Um, for big finish but it might not be with David it might be she doing voices alongside Nick Briggs for the 10th Doctor equivalent of this ninth Doctor project um, mm. which is sort of like that whole narration thing with another voice actor playing another character like they've done for some Companion Chronicles and Destiny the Doctor series from the 50th anniversary year have like one person narrating it and another person in there just to do some of the voices um, but I don't want that man no, I don't want it. I just, I look. This, this is what I want.
0: Oh, like bakewell tarts. <laughs>
1: um, oh. My last question is. I'm looking see- for a girl wearing a union jack. I mean, a specific one. I didn't just wake up this morning with a. <laughs> Craving.
2: My last question is, do you think that more Time Lord villains like the Eleven from Big Finish should make an appearance in the television series of Doctor Who? No,
1: I think they should do something decent with the Time Lords first before even going into that. Yeah. It would be nice to um do a romp story with the monk. Yeah. Because they've been... What, who's played him in the audience? I'm sure there's more, but like the two I know of in, in Big Finish, Graham Gardner, who was excellent during Paul McGann's run, mm. and Rufus Hound has recently okay. taken over the role of the monk. Um... It would be really cool to just do a story with the monk and then have it be a daft one. Sort of like a, a slightly less perverse um, dream lord sort of story. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I just... No, do something decent with Gallifrey
2: first. Yes, that'd be nice. Um, Don't let it be overshadowed by Clara. That is all my questions for now, but if I may, I just want to say, why the hell did Doggobox beat Doctor Who in the Radio 1 Teen Awards a few months ago. Then again, it shows that Doctor Who isn't as good as it was. Okay. Teenagers don't give
1: a fuck about Doctor Who, apart yeah. from a very specific sort of conglomerate of them made up of cosplayers, Tumblr fans and people who are determined to like it because it's their favourite show, right? So we've got to like it. They're, they're all too busy watching class. Anyway, Shh. goodbye my dear! Tom Baker wave what? drifts off into the vortex. She hates, she hates, me, um, she even hates children.
2: And finally, <gasps> what? The last question on our mountain of questions
1: is from Danny Rand. Hi guys, can I punch? Um... Can I? Can I do
2: the iron fist?
1: <laughs> yeah. Um... Can I punch a dragon, please? Can I please do? Can the iron I rip fist? a dragon's heart
2: out? Lewis Christian. What? But I'm not ready to endorse his views. Hello, big damn Matt. Hello, oh. big damn Chris. Oh. Today. Instead of a mere question of which there are many in existence, (gasps) including, but not limited to, who thought class was a good idea, I want you to pitch a big damn finish. Nick Briggs has retired, and you two have taken up the mantle. What? Colin is busy reading the latest Doctor Who magazine survey results. So he's not free. And Chris Eccleston is busy ignoring all of your calls. As usual. So you only have the remaining living doctors to use. I like how he's ruled Colin out. What is your Colin would be than up for it. He's ruled him out. What is your ideal story? <laughs> and who would you cast? etc.? Looking forward to hear. I don't know why I'm doing this waving motion. Yeah, you're keyboard. sort of hovering over the um, keyboard. Looking forward to hearing your replies. And one day you should actually produce whatever mad ideas you conjure up. Lots of love and kisses. Lewis... Uh, Christian. Louis von Christian. Baron von
1: Christian the Four. Pitch me a big finish, Chris. Oh my God. Um. White. Right. Uh My quick, cheap, non-thought-out answer. I'm formulating. Is a sit-down idea. interview with Peter Capaldi. <laughs> <laughs> when you put him in a room and you go, the bad men can't hurt you, Peter. What really happened, Peter? Peter. Um, That's what I'd like to hear. In the the style of the Tom Baker and the Colin Baker ones, I would like to hear that. Tell us what really happened, Peter. Show us on the doll where Stephen (laughs) fucked you. I, um, I, oh, I, hmm. If I had to pick a big finishy doctor and we can't have Colin, uh, Sylvester?
2: I, I, I would, I'm going to pick Sylvester.
1: Sylvester and a basically, good old fashioned get
2: Sophie Aldrin in
1: New Virgin Adventures style, really kind of darkish mystery story. Yeah. Uh yes, get Ace in there. Um do something a bit naughty. Do no I was gonna say do set it in current modern day, just so there's that slight juxtaposition for them to deal with, at least with Ace. But no, those stories will age badly. Put them in the past somewhere. Let's just have a historical romp with them like something I don't know something something where he, something where he gets to use and not because it's audio where he gets to use his words to defeat something like mm. where it is a battle of wits rather than a battle of we can't show a monster so let's try and describe it vaguely and <laughs> like an actual battle of wits would be nice see i the chess master of the seventh doctor is a fascinating character when given the chance to be
2: i would um again a seventh doctor and a story and i'd do a, i'd do a lovecraft piece Use the audio format so you don't have to worry about visuals. Yes! Um, Because they leaned into some of that stuff in the Virgin New Adventures. Um, Oh shit, the Cthulhu Cthulhu mythos into the Doctor Who, like making the great intelligent Shubnigarith and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, I would, uh, yeah, tell like a Lovecraftian horror story. Maybe even do a pull of Unquiet Dead and have Lovecraft as a character in it himself and have like Ace sort of be disgusted at his, um, his sort of Racism of the time and things like that, and, uh, Oh god, that'd
0: be really good. And, uh, That would be legitimately really, really sort good. Sort of
2: explore that, um. That main east, north, northeastern US coast. Just bogginess and cold coastlines and horrible bloated things just underneath the surface of the sea and fish people and. Yeah. I think that'll be interesting. God, that would be good. That's what I would do.
1: Seventh Doctor and Ace in a Lovecraftian horror, a uh, Lovecraft, uh, Lovecraftian period horror, and
2: it ends badly. They get, of course, Doctor and Ace get out alive, but they end badly for everyone. Because apart yeah.
1: from H.P. Lovecraft, who has Just to write the damn shit. Well, I'm obviously, died quite young. Ah, sorry, that was loud. Yeah. Was um, bad. I'd be so down with that. Yeah. I'd be so down with that so failing that just one where um Paul McGann takes Phoenix Smith and the FIFU fans on a date <laughs> and it goes really well
2: remember Phoenix think along <laughs> Vinci, <laughs> it's a bucket monster um. oh god
1: oh god we've got to get them on one day we've got to sit, sit them all down and do a big damn cast where we don't even speak to them. We just the marvelous stare... hero
2: Secret Wars of the big
1: We just stare <laughs> awkwardly at Phoenix <laughs> and leave everyone else confused. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I think we have to go now. Libby
1: just starts poking us with a stick to see if we'll do anything. No. Billy orders a cab home. <laughs>
2: <laughs> then we
0: lock the door. <laughs>
2: Cannot get
1: out da- Dan whisper shouts questions at us in an attempt to discover the truth. Drums. Crystal signs an
2: NDA. Drums in the deep <laughs> We cannot get out. <laughs> They're coming. Fucking hell. Um So if you wanna get, if you wanna talk to us, then you can do so through a sneeze do guard. So through <laughs>
1: Prison visiting hours are Tuesdays from 8 till 7. Um, um, you can
2: email us at bigdamcontact@gmail.com. at gmail.com. You can tweet us at big damn cast. Um <laughs> Please do head over to YouTube uh, and subscribe for our weekly video series, Big damn Love. Uh Also, we can do a YouTube version of the podcast each week. Um, you can also listen to us as you are right now. Soundcard and iTunes, please leave a review. Let yep. people know. Yep. Help us grow our throbbing brand. Spread the um,
1: spread the dirty love. Because the more you spread the love, the more projects we'll be able to do for you, people. And we've got plans. We got plans up the shitter. Big plans. Big yeah. darn plans. Shit, I got it wrong. I got the name. No, wrong. I got the name wrong. Close Click it down. Class. No, close it down. Say quick, smell the Blu-rays. Smell the Blu-rays. It makes everything better.
2: Brand synergy, Chris. This is what I told you. Brand someone, synergy.
1: Someone call Avi Arad. He can save us.
2: Oh, we're never going to be able to do that fucking spin-off now.